Okay, Neve, if you could have anything you want happen this episode, what would it be? Within the confines of what could happen in this episode? Of all or... the things we could talk about, of all the wonderful things we could do, what would be your number one choice? My mind is going to Brittany. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> continue, continue. What was that? That was nothing. That was nothing. I like I don't know what I would want to happen with Brittany or like I don't like I want her to have her life back. Me too, Brian, me too. So hard. Yeah. What exactly happens because I haven't watched the documentary yet, but it sounds really sad. Well, as many Britney fans have been saying for a very, very long time, it kind of seems like Britney is in a lot of distress mm. uh, based around a conservatorship put on her by her father when she was in not a very good place mentally. Yeah, around uh, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fans... And a lot of people in Britney's life kind of feel like, well, if she's well enough to be wheeled out on stage in Vegas and do these extreme performances. Because she, yeah, I've seen footage of them. She's, she's hidden it hard. Yeah. She's a full on entertainer. Every single night, just bringing it. Um, if she's able to do that, when then why is she not able? That's right. It's Brian's old school anime reviews. And today we're going to be talking about initial D. I'm so sorry, Brittany. Okay, so what happened there is that my phone stalled out for like two minutes. And so I had to talk about Britney Spears. And I have all the respect in the world for that terrific young woman. But that was a bit. It was subterfuge. And now we're here and Brian is going to tell us not about Initial D, but the deep inner gooey center of Initial D. Brian, hit it. So people have a nickname for Britney. They call her Initial B. But it's not about that. It's about Initial D. Let's uh, drift into the first subject of this uh, of this hit manga turned video game license. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the author of which can draw cars like a motherfucker, <laughs> but cannot draw faces to save his life. <laughs> when you see... And like, that's the thing. It's so hard to draw a mechanical, non-organic object. Mm -hmm. You need to draw straight lines. This guy could draw the straightest fucking line. But when it comes to the human form, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. I think it's like half human, half car. It's trying to become the car. So in a way, Initial D is about a young boy living in the mountains of Tokyo. And he wants to drift, but he can't because he is not yet a car. (laughs) And so he must learn to take the form of aluminium and... And rubber. And hit those slopes hard. And hit those corners tight. And win Sayaki's heart. Brian, that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Um, I think we learned a lot about Initial D, of course. Um, I learned a lot about my own ability to completely fail under any kind of pressure at all. Like, just complete, just shit the bed and just not know what to do and be horribly offensive to Britney Spears, which I really regret now, but I guess we're just, we just, you just have to go with life's disasters, right? Me, me such yeah. a big Britney fan. That, that's, 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 that's Free to Britney. you what like, like, like to her, mm. that was her wrestle talk and you just <laughs> shat all over it. Yeah. So what I loved about that was like, I had this simultaneous moment where I was looking at Neve and I could tell that she was both upset and furious <laughs> But she also, on some like cosmic level, did think it was funny, and so her <laughs> face was kind of like a. 
She yeah. was very mad in the present, but she could see the future retrospect of it all and how it was going to be something we could laugh off. Yeah. But right now she's going to fucking kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not in good terms with Neve right now. Look, we got two birds with one stone. We got it out there. Free Britney and two initial league. Is that about cars? Yeah, it's yeah. about uh, young men in their 20s and some old men in their 50s <laughs> uh, drifting cars at midnight around Mount Fuji. So I have a friend and... Me and him kind of grew up watching, like, Dragon Ball Z together. We watched a lot of the same anime. And then one time, like, we'd hang out, like, most days. And one day I was in his room and I looked up, like, at the his, like, ceiling. And all around his ceiling there was a shelf. And there was manga up there. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, what? What is that? And he goes, oh. And I, I get up on his bed and I look and he has every volume of Initial D and he never, ever talked about it. Running through the 90s. And I was just like, and I was like, why do you have every volume of Initial D? And he just looks at me and he just goes, it's the best manga of all time. I wouldn't argue with that guy. He, I didn't know how. And then I read the first couple of chapters. And let me tell you, that guy, he has to deliver for his dad's takeaway and he has to get the orders there on time. And the only way to do it is to drift around those dangerous Tokyo mountains. I want to say Tokyo. It takes place just outside Tokyo, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry we didn't go with your zombie ideas in the intro, <laughs> Neve. It was, um, it was a weak pitch, I gotta say. Brian said it was dated, so, you know. That was what killed it for me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, if Brian thinks it's dated, then who am I? to even approach such a subject look um last year i watched Zombieland 2 and i was watching it on the train and i think i audibly said on the train why am i watching this (laughs) (laughs) is it called is it called Zombieland 2 double tap yes yeah and it's it stars a bunch of actors that have since kind of done more interesting projects i don't know how they got them back together i guess maybe they just felt nostalgic for Uh, a period in their career when they had you know less priorities or less responsibilities Mm. i guess except for woody harrelson who just he just needs the money um he was in all the now you see me movies yeah he plays the the bold magician the cheeky one the one who wears the trilby that's how you know he's cool what's wrong brian i like that you said trilby and not fedora because you know i'm very up on my hat wear yeah. yeah and 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 like trilopies are what they actually wear so yeah. when you see someone wearing a fedora they're not even wearing a fucking fedora lads no they're like they're not even that clued in i miss bronies bronies i something never mind it's fine i think i think bronies came on my radar at some point in the last while but i don't think there's an interesting story behind it oh god only please cut this out i'm dying <laughs> i'm dying you have to say the name of the podcast about now. Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. The world's Strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two of the greatest elemental beings that there has ever been. From 50,000 leagues beneath the earth, clad entirely in her clay armor, it's Neve. Brains. I couldn't pivot. That, no, uh, you know what? 
We recycled it. <laughs> I will accept it. To my right. It's a good one. The Sky King. Running through his veins. It's solid jet fuel. Our injured comrade, Brian. I have entered my plasma state. Nice. Brian, you... You're not doing so good. No, I'm not. Uh, I had... <laughs> No, no. You're on the way out. <laughs> Guys, feeling like shit today. You know? <laughs> Guys, not doing well. Uh, I had minor surgery and it was for uh, a hernia uh, operation. I don't know what to call it. Um, they like poked a bit back in and then sewed me back up. And yeah. it was a very, very simple surgery. And I went to my specialist for this about a year and a half ago with the intention of doing it in early 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are now in early 2021 as is the way things are and it's the kind of thing where it keeps getting postponed and then you get a phone call going hey are you available for the surgery next week and you just have to say yes because you don't know when you get bumped up the list again and so I went in and oh so I had to do a COVID test Ooh, they are unpleasant but not as bad as people say they are they go up the nose they go right up the nose and they scratch your brain (laughs) and they go right down your throat and scratch your throat and you know when you get a part of the inside of your body scratch and you feel a dry patch but the inside of your body is moist (laughs) so you feel like a dry space on a moistened inside and you're like confused for an hour and then it sort of like you know evens out again so I've been watching a bunch of videos of like psychic surgery. Oh yeah. Oh. And for whatever reason, all the psychic surgeons do this scissors up the nose shit. They wrap it in like tissue or cloth and then they go up your nose and they're like, you're cured. The devil doesn't want to kill you anymore. Are they touching brains? Like I... are, are, is it just the nose is somewhere where you can put something up there? Like, I, I don't but know. You're not touching it goes, anything. It goes much Deeper than deeper you than want it to. should, like deep yeah. enough to make you go like, oh, you know. Yeah, and they're I, probably poking your frontal lobe so that you believe them. Yeah, <laughs> tap tap. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, they they are kind of just like reducing your IQ on purpose so that they can take advantage of you. So Brian, you were messaging me shortly after you were out of your surgery. Oh yeah, so I was so high from the oxygen, I was stoked. I was so full of energy. I also had the shit kicked out of me because I had surgery. And I didn't know I was getting a, a, like a full an, full general anesthetic. I thought I was getting a, a local one, you know, where I'd be awake but numb. Because the surgery was less than an hour. It was a very quick in and out job. Yeah. So I got, you know, a little message explaining like that you were kind of fucked up and that you weren't going to be able to make it to movie night. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <coughs> so then I got, I'm on happy drugs now. I'll probably crash later. And then two minutes later, but right now they're keeping me semi-alert and keeping the agonizing pain at bay. And then six minutes later, I don't think I can do the movie tomorrow night. And then six minutes later, cool, I'm I the Emerald Drift. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so what happened was I entered a state called the Emerald Drift. How do you know it's called the Emerald Drift? Were you warned? Or did it just feel like an I emerald? I think this drift? is something Brian <laughs> okay, oh, invented. Okay. Okay. What happened was I was messaging John and I was messaging my girlfriend Rebecca and a typo came up. And the thing is, my short term memory was shocked. So I, I misspelled something that came up as the emerald drift. And I was like, 
what did I mean by the Emerald Drift? And, and then I was like, I guess I meant the Emerald Drift. So I don't know what I meant to say. So I guess that's what I meant to say. So that's what I'm calling it now. Yeah, the Emerald Drift. That's, that's I, I dig it. Yeah, that's a really good after hospital haze name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the best night of my life was like in the Emerald Drift. When oh, got, with the one got, after your butt surgery. Yeah, and... after my butt surgery. And I listened to the Silent Hill 2 album like 12 times. And the bed was flying, but you weren't in it, but it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was incredible. It was like the happiest I've ever been. Because for me, I know when I woke up, I was talking to a nurse about rings. And I was like, I didn't have my sleeping ring on. And she was like, oh, yeah, don't worry. That's at home. And I was like, okay. And then they, and, and then I was going like, what time is it? And they were like, uh, it's just a little bit after 10 past 12. And my last memory before I went under was, I, you know, you know how good I am with time. Yeah. Okay. So I, I looked up at the clock and it's like quarter to 11. And so I was like, oh, so I've been asleep for just over an hour. And they were like, yeah. Okay. And then they started explaining really important stuff to me. And then two hours later, when I like, when I was like more alert, I was like, guys, you're going to have to tell me everything you told me two hours ago. Cause that was me pretending to be aware. And they were like, yeah, we know. Right. Is the sleep ring something you made up or is it real? Yeah, I'm so curious. I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, Cause people, you don't have a ring People that wear you those weird like rings to stop them snoring. Don't I do. They? I have one do of they, those. So you do have a sleep ring. Does it work? No. <laughs> you, you buy it for like two euro off eBay. It's a fucking, they're pieces of shit. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some kid's granny. Sleep, do you need a sleep ring, Neve? Yeah, I want a sleep ring. I don't snore, but that sounds fucking cool that you go to bed and you put on your rings <laughs> like a lord. What about like a belt? <laughs> My sleep belt. It's just mood changing shit. It just shit. keeps me in. It keeps it all constrained. And like the buckle is like a, a moon that's asleep. <laughs> yeah. But then when you wake up, it's a sun and it's screaming. And you're like, well, time to wake up. Yeah. Oh. Finally, bring statement bells back. I know at some point we talked about <laughs> pajama wear on this podcast. Like, I know that's happened. Yeah. But what's your guys' like pajama wear? <laughs> we have a whole episode called, uh, it's called pajamas because you open with this question. Uh, Brian, I, if that I, was let me more remember. Than, if that was more than 20 episodes ago, it might as well not have happened. Okay. Brian sleeps in his underwear. I do. Re- you do? Yeah. yeah. It's too harsh. You have um, and, 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 and a you'd lot be of flexible for my on. dreams. Yeah, I have like a three-piece suit I wear. Yeah, <laughs> like I have a shirt and a tie and a waistcoat, and I I don't get under the covers. I just lie straight, kind of looking up. So yeah, so yeah, because because you sleep like a nineteen fifties sitcom husband. <laughs> I get cold. I just wear pajama bottoms and an old t-shirt. That's pretty good. That's what you yeah. wear anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you wear now. <laughs> you new t-shirt. Now, this is a new old t-shirt. Okay. Uh, during, during the winter, I'll wear a t-shirt, but during the summer, I won't. Would, would you ever wear a hoodie? No, that's... They're for outdoors. Would you ever wear a hoodie? No. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Every night I wear a hoodie to bed. I get so cold. I get so chilly. What the fuck is wrong with you? I... I don't know. It... You need a hot water bottle. Now that sounds like a good idea, but I always make a hot water bottle, and they're too hot. Then put it down. <laughs> and they at hurt the... my skin. You need to put leave some cold water in, and then pour the hot water in, so it has yeah. a good mix. And I think one time I needed a nice relaxing evening, 
And so I got a hot water bottle, but I didn't screw in the top right. Oh, and I no. scolded oh, myself. Oh. And it's kind of, it's taken like that's a chill fear. So, yeah, I have, yeah. A, I have a slight fear, even though I love them. Yeah. You know, like I, I do really like them. But um, I always have this feeling every time I fill, I fill it. I was like, tonight, tonight, that this is going to burst on top of me. Like every single time. You, you know how they have a warranty and it's like a couple years. Mm-hmm. But you own a hot water bottle for like 10 years. Yep. And it's going to be that night. Mm-hmm. She's going to burst. Mm-hmm. Mine's of a sloth. It's very cute. Aww. I know. I have one of the blue sky. Mine's red and it has little cartoon foxes on it. Oh, we are the, the cutest. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we can be. We're just yeah. a couple of snuggle puffs. I feel like when all the awfulness kind of moves to the side, it's like, those guys, you know. You guys are so twee. Oh, we're, no. No, Brian. John, you're so cottagecore. I was wondering when that phrase would come up on this podcast. John's real into basket weaving. And this is not <laughs> and true. Racism. And crumpets. Wait, is there a... We- what? Oh, the cold cottagecore thing is really like traditional wife. Back yeah. to the land. I never yeah. put it together. I don't know. A, a, lot, a, a lot of the tic- a lot of the cottagecore TikTokers I follow don't seem racist. They just they just like baskets. Well, some of them are just like I don't know, live in the country, or they hide. They must be hiding their power levels. That's what that's described as, right? Probably. When you're a fucking awful person, and they're like, like, how do we ruin another thing? Enid Blyton. The rest of them. <gasps> is she evil? I don't know, but you just said Enid Blyton. One of them kept kids in the attic for realsies, and I don't know if it was I. I don't know if it was Enid Blyton or one of them. Fact check this podcast. We don't know. We don't need to search about Enid Blyton. Let's just leave that on the table. I want like an eight episode HBO TV series about, about Enid Blyton. Blyton. Can we? Like, can we just? It gets real fucked up. Can we just like start just saying shit about classical authors? R.L. Stein. <laughs> What's that guy all about? He's the guy who wrote Goosebumps. <clears throat> what a hack. Roald Dahl. Flat Earther. <laughs> don't know. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Guys, I watch Mean Girls. Finally. It's... Wait, this isn't your first time, is no. it? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not insane. <laughs> no, this is this is an important film that everybody needs to watch every couple years. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. movie. One or two choice lines of dialogue aside, holds up pretty good. Still a really good film about how fucking weird it is being a teenage girl. That movie is like nearly 20 years old now. So you know the really fucked up thing about that movie? I feel like it is nearly like... There's no social media in it at all. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the last teen movies that can exist without that. And I thought that was really, really interesting. But, um... It's a super cool movie. Like, the direction and, like, it's, it's really, like, well shot. And, like, the editing's super tight. And it all just... It all came together very well. And I was like, oh, this is still great. I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Neve, tell us about that thing. What thing? Oh, the movie I've watched? Mm-hmm. Um, I watched I Care A Lot, which is a dark comedy about our protagonist, Marla, a court-appointed guardian and a card-carrying girl boss. Hashtag girl boss. Oh my god, she's such a hashtag girl boss. And she uses that hashtag girl boss energy and she harnesses it to manipulate the legal system and seize the assets of the elderly by putting them in care homes. And she has like power of attorney over them because they're deemed unable to take care of themselves. That's a, that's a good scam. 
It's a pretty good scam. Yeah, Marla's a... making bank. Oh yeah, and and for the first twenty minutes, you're like, right on. Okay, this is fucked up, but I'm I'm hooked. Um, and it's like with a scam like this, you need a whole host of cohorts. So it's not just Marla. It's the assisted care home um, owners. It's the GP of the elderly. And it's also Marla's girlfriend, Fran. Because Marla's not just an evil corporate girl boss. She's an evil corporate lesbian girl boss. Who wears suit jackets. Who wears beautiful suit jackets. So That's, this... that's like Neve's fucking kryptonite. <laughs> so this is just like a movie about the fucking worst people in the world. Like this woman is so evil and the whole system is so corrupt and they just literally kidnap elderly people and gaslight them into imprisonment in old folks' homes. And they're heavily sedated, so they just sort of become complicit with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. That's really sad, wow. Um, Marla's played by Rosamund Pike, is that it? Yeah, from, from Gone Girl. And this movie kind of like has got like fake Nine Inch Nails and... <laughs> Atticus Ross. Yeah, yeah. and has has kind of like a tempo where you're kind of like, you're watching the villain of the story, but you're kind of rooting for their badness and you want to see how how like, how low will they go? Yeah. And it's a lot of bad people. Rosamund, um, Rosamund Pike's Marla meets her match when she meets Peter Dinklage because she thinks she's found a cherry, which is an old elderly woman who's super rich and who has no living relatives. But this woman does have a living relative who keeps himself off the books and for good reason because he's not someone you mess with. And Peter Dinklage's character comes into it and is a just as evil a force to be reckoned with. Like, re like... I, I I think it's in the second scene they show him where he's at his desk and they're showing him the latest shipment that's come in off the cargo ships and you're like, okay, this is some season two wire stuff. All right, yeah. this guy's fucked up. He's a human trafficker. So no one's good in this. The movie's just like, no one's good. <laughs> Everyone's bad. You were watching the worst people be horrible. And then it's just, I was entertained for the entire time because it's just a run of people trying to one-up each other, trying to scam each other out. It's scammers trying to scam each other and trying to regain control to the point that they, they kind of know they're losing. They've, the house is already won, but they're still going kind of thing. And it, I found it really entertaining to watch. You were saying before the podcast that people hate this movie. I think people really hate it because it's about hateable people. And but it kind of has a weird vibe, like Brian. You were saying it's really well acted, but it's also like it's schlocky as well in places. Yeah. And like the script kind of doesn't like the script isn't intelligent, but the way the characters, the two main, like you know the 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 way the protagonist and antagonist talk and work with the material, like heightens it. Right. Yeah. No. But, yeah. I get but that. but but the film isn't very well crafted yeah. in places. It's a solid tree stars. Yeah. Like you will watch this and be entertained. But is this the kind of thing where it's like, this is the best three star movie you will watch this year? I thought it was great. I, I think I, this is yeah. the making of a cult classic where people watch this. Yeah. Like, like to me, yeah, like to me, this had like the energy of like mommy dearest or showgirls. Yes. Where like, I'd love to see this in a cinema with, with, with gay men screaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Mommy dearest and showgirls have very different energy to me. 
I, I know, but you, you know how think, they were okay. made to be made as serious films? And this is like a dark comedy, but it's meant to be like, it's meant to have moments of impact mm-hmm. that aren't successful as being the impact that they were going for. Okay. It has like weird priorities because it's like kind of like illustrating how corrupt systems are and how corrupt people and like um, Marla's character is all very much like, I'm a woman and you won't put me down. But like, you know, she's like, this feminist air quotes but she's the most evil person on the planet looking out for herself and putting elderly people into homes and she's such a great actress there's a scene where she basically walks a woman out of her house being like you have to come with me and this elderly woman is like perfectly like able to live on her own and live in non-assisted living and she's just pushed along and confused with like smooth conversation and marla just whips the phone out of her hand in such a smooth way and the when she gets your the elderly woman's phone you're just like oh because you like you know there was That's this her moment lifeline. yeah there was this moment of trust that she manipulated so deftly like yeah. the gaslighting in it is horrible to watch because it's so well acted mm. and it's probably based on like I, I take up to that point you're like this is based on a real thing then it kind of gets a bit wacky and surreal, which I was a kind of a bit disappointed with. But then it got so wacky that I turned right around on it and I was like, okay, show me what you got. And it fucking shows. It's a party. Yeah, it is. Um, I really, really <laughs> like the antagonist, protagonist, like, look of the two characters. Because you've got Rosamund Pike in this, like, like white suit with giant fucking shoulders and high heels although no sometimes she's wearing vans she has loads she has so costume changes all the clothes are really nice in yeah. it she's a bright yellow suit she's a white suit with her hair slicked boss uh, back like yeah. like alex and she's from so tall resident evil yeah she's like way taller than everyone else and then you have peter dinklage with a full-grown beard and there's bits where and he a top knot. and a top knot and <laughs> oh his, whoa and, and, he's a bro in this yeah and like 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 he's so jacked in this movie but Aww. it's still Peter Dinklage and there's a bit where he's like suspending himself on like athlete rings and he's like meditating and he has like the entire Russian mafia under his thumb and he looks so scary and there's a scene where the two characters finally meet and they're just sitting across from each other and like if this was a movie made ten years ago it would be very different actors. And it's just, it's two actors you'd never see together in a movie saying lines to each other like this. Um, there was one big pet peeve about this film, and this, is, this, this isn't this is only to this film, but it's a thing I notice in films, and I don't like when it happens, is when a scene plays out, and then the next scene is a character from the previous scene explaining the scene to a new character. Oh, when did that happen? When one of the mafia, Russian mafia goons is posing as a taxi driver. Oh, okay. And he goes up to the house and it's now being like, re, re, uh, it, it's getting a renovation. And he goes, okay. And then the next scene he meets up with the boss and he explains what just happened. Yeah. Gotta be economic with your storytelling. And I kind of just wish they skipped ahead because the scene afterwards where he's like eating the cake and he's got the gun. That was the important part. I just don't, because like the, the, the movie is... A teensy bit too long, and I just wish they just neatened up little gaps like that, please. Sure, but that's just me, me, me being weird about movies. It sounds like well, that's that's what we do on this podcast. We take the things people love, and we be weird about them, and everyone feels bad for liking what they like. I think everybody should watch this movie, and that's why you all listen, yeah. and you keep coming back. So we keep doing it. We keep getting away with it. It's just what the fuck are they gonna do? 
Yeah. But what do you like? If if you listen to this, like, what are you gonna do? I like it that there was evil lesbians. They were very evil. It was some good representation. It was some good bad representation. <laughs> <laughs> the that villain. Sounds, I'm, I'm going to check that out. That sounds great. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it, it's absolutely a party film. Watch yeah, it with a gang. Totally. Watch it with a friend. Have a drink. Yeah, I, I think if you and a buddy are doing a video call and you don't know what to watch together, this is the film to watch. Oh my god. There's a lot of. Oh, I can't believe they would do that. <gasps> <laughs> Why is everyone so bad at killing each other? Brian, you watched Standing Up, Falling Down? Yes. Uh, this is a comedy drama that came out a year or two ago. It stars Ben Schwartz and Billy Crystal. And it's like a normal movie. And I forgot that they used to make normal movies. What do you mean? There's no superheroes. There's no franchise. This is just two actors acting from a script someone wrote. And the budget is normal. And it's filmed with cameras. Is Brian still on his pain meds? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's been a while since I've seen Strip him. back. But like, this is a movie with like, like, I guess, well, like, I, I, I guess Billy Crystal isn't as famous as he used to be. But like, he, he was an A-list Hollywood actor. And Ben Schwartz is in everything now. Nice. Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, Sonic, sure. Um, it was cool to see him in a, in, in, in a main role because usually he's like one of those supporting roles where he's in a movie for 10 minutes and then that's it it's a movie about a young man roughly our age played by ben schwartz who moves back home after his failed attempt at being a comedian in la doesn't go as planned and it's him kind of biting the bullet of reality about he's gonna have to get like a regular job and just kind Uh. of kind of just fit into suburban society I love those movies. I'm always like, gaze into my future. Yeah. And so there's kind of bits where it's like, you kind of have to have different goals in life and celebrate different victories and consider them the success because whatever success you had measured out when you went out on this goal in your early 20s wasn't attained, but there's still stuff you learned about yourself. And so it's about a character kind of coming to terms with that. Uh, but he befriends Billy Crystal's character, who's a alcoholic dermatologist at a pub or at, 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 at a bar. And the film is mainly about two men, one in their 30s and one in their 60s, forming a friendship. Sweet. And it's very, very difficult for adults to make friends. And yeah. You very rarely see a movie about two adult men in a really nice friendship together. Um, and... They're both very broken people that are deeply flawed, but they make each other laugh, and it's a nice film about that. Cool. And I haven't seen Billy Crystal in ages, and I think the last couple of things I've seen him, it's just been him voice acting and stuff. And he's still a very funny man. And it's kind of cool to see like someone like Ben Schwartz is obviously a huge fan of Billy Crystal growing up. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see a younger actor work with a more kind of legendary actor, and they have a great dynamic and there isn't any kind of real conflict between the two of them where you can kind of tell like maybe one actor thinks they're better than the other it really seems like they're just bouncing off each other and there's a lot of improv and it i don't know it, it was just nice to watch a normal movie yeah i like when you can tell actors are having fun yeah totally yeah, yeah. guys i watched unpregnant oh i love this film brian mentioned this before didn't I he? I thought so. Yeah. I was like, I am nearly sure 
like that, I couldn't remember it, but this is the kind of movie we couldn't possibly have not talked about on this podcast. Unpregnant's such a strange title that I'll really never strange. forget it. Yeah, <laughs> unpregnant. Have you seen this, Neve? No, no. But... Well, I think you would be into it. Okay. Yeah, very much so. It's a very good road trip movie. Yeah, it's a road trip movie about two girls, and one of them gets pregnant by her stupid, stupid boyfriend, and they go on a road trip so that she can have an abortion, and they're like. Their relationship is really interesting because, like, she's kind of gone and become, like, the kind of perfect, like, you know, pristine high school girl. And her other friends just, like, this weirdo burnout. Um, and I think it's the kind of, it's the kind, it's the kind of relationship and kind of characters where I don't think it would really work if the actors weren't so good. And, like, you know, Brian, you were saying about, like, Billy Crystal and Ben Schwartz having a good time. Like, yeah. I kind of, that's my mind immediately went to these two because I just felt like they were having such a good time. Oh, yeah. And like, it's the kind of film where like, I'd, I'd nearly want to say there's a bunch of improv in it, but I don't know. It just, that's what it feels like. And it's, it's really fun. And it's like, it's a really sweet movie about, you know, the pretty difficult topic, at least to portray in this kind of way. But like, it's fun and it's funny and it's lighthearted and it's, it was very clearly made with the goal of walking young women through what this process would be like if they had to get it. And I was really touched. Like, I think it's a really valuable, good movie. And um, there's some stuff in it I just don't want to spoil because it's really fun watching the reveal. But I would, I'd be kind of shocked if you didn't at least like this movie, Neve. It's on my list. That's the two of you guys who said really, like, great yeah. things about it. Yeah, I, I just, it was like... Uh, like aside from all just the good shit it does it was also like you know an hour and a half an hour and 45 minutes where i just didn't think of anything else just had fun with those the the characters in the world i think it took me like maybe 10 minutes to get into it but it was it was really fun it kind of reminded me of that other one um book smart oh yeah i would say i would say similar energy yeah because like they're both kind of late night comedies with sex jokes but not creepy sex jokes yeah it's like they know how to tell that kind of joke without making anybody upset, but still making, you know, an uncomfortable, awkward humor out of yeah, it. Yeah, still doing gross out humor without punching down weirdly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And just a really, like, a confident movie. Like, the people who made it knew exactly what they wanted to say, and they went for it. And it doesn't feel like a movie where there's, like, you know, a million grimy executive fingerprints all over it. It's just like, oh clearly these people believed in this film and thought it was important and they made it and it was i thought it was awesome it was really good that's great guys this is like the fastest we've ever gotten through strategy talk no whatever media section quest log quest <laughs> yeah. guys, we years? never say it we never say it <laughs> you never say it. It, it, it it says it in the description but it it this has a name it is called the quest, quest log. log but we just never say it because we always flow into it smoothly <clears throat> Yeah, like it's never been like no. Let's go to our quest log, and it's like. Yeah. I just I, I feel like I feel like if it was like let's go to our quest log, that would just be, it would be really lazy on my part, and it would just be very like an awkward way to kind of connect one part of the podcast to another. Anyway, strategy talk. Little meta podcast humor few folks it might take me about 10 minutes to get the joke but I'll, I'll get there a lot of my jokes are pretty high concept uh, people don't get them and so they don't laugh that's a good 
explanation. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you feeling, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing great. You okay. Doing, you doing okay your over en- there, buddy? Your energy levels. I just, which you doing good? Yeah, I've got my cola. I'm doing okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do a bump in a while. I'll be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to, got to keep that energy up, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, I can't get it out of my head. Me, earlier, me and Brian had a conversation where it's like, how many children do you think listen to this podcast? So I'm just gonna say now. Listen, you fucking nine-year-olds. You know you're not meant to be listening to this. Stop. And I want you to play this part for your parents. Hey. Andrew. Watch your fucking kid. They shouldn't be listening to this. This is about video games. They're for adults. Sometimes we talk about adult things on this podcast. Yeah. And I don't want to get in trouble. Like farts. Jesus, yeah, it's true. Um, Neve, you played the Triangle Strategy Demo. Project Triangle. Project Triangle Strategy. Yeah, that's what we're starting with. Okay, so the Triangle Strategy, Project Triangle Strategy was shown off in a Nintendo Direct. Mm -hmm. And they showed this nice little demo of um, a... 2D, 3D world, quite like Octopath Traveler. And it's they from the said, devs, same devs, isn't it? Same devs. Yeah. And they said, um, demo available now. So I downloaded the demo. Looked awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's nice looking. I don't think it's as nice looking as Octopath. In mm-hmm. I think Octopath had a way clearer vision, but this kind of has the same yeah. blend. Because this is isometric, because I played Tiny Bit 2, and I immediately had to tilt it out, out of the isometric angle and make it more lateral. Yeah. So that was there my was issue. Something... The camera's kind of weird in it. That, I, that, so this is what I thought as well. I felt like there was something where I was like, I wish I could tilt the camera just another 20 degrees. Mm. And because it wasn't really framing the action in a nice way, but I also found it made picking units quite awkward. Yeah, because yeah, I think the big draw of this one and what they showed in the demo is there's a lot of verticality. You mm. can put your units in different places. And I remember selecting, this is a like a tactics uh, game where you move tiles. Um, I remember selecting one of my characters and it dropped them like like we were on a bridge and it dropped them down the side because there was a little path along the very bottom but the camera just like did this hop to get down there and I was like oh they're gonna have to fix stuff like this but that was the big issue for me um, it's it's not like Octopath in the sense that it's not a team base it's you're, you're not a team fighting an enemy you're like on a grid more like Fire Emblem Three Houses the characters seem cool and their abilities seem cool yeah um like i liked what i could grasp of the story but i did feel like they very much they dropped in for the demo they dropped you in a scenario and i felt like i was kind of constantly trying to pick up the pieces of what was happening it was a really weird section to demo yeah because like there's there's lines like even though you're at my cousin's wedding, that won't stop me here. And I was like, Who? <laughs> what? Look, they just went across the bridge. It's in the middle of like a king, like three, there's three character deaths in this demo that goes on for maybe under two hours, which is just such a strange decision. I skipped the opening demo in the hall. And as you skip through it, all these characters like fall and die. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> it's like watching a Shakespeare, yeah, it's like watching a Shakespeare play, but mm-hmm. you don't know. Um, I liked the like it looks like a huge cast it looks like a, an opportunity for some really cool characters and the sprite work is really nice my kind of the big takeaway I had with it was I thought it was really dry in its storytelling and its language that it was using it, it kind of does that faux formal Shakespearean stuff that these RPGs sometimes use and it's not a 
it's either not a good translation or it's just bad VA. It's it's both, to be honest. I don't. Some people acted it way better than others. The main character was pretty dry, but some of the other characters were like, oh, it's theatrical, and they kind of gave it more. But uh, I think for me to want to play that game, it needs it needs a really big injection of fun into it. Yeah, there was something a little a little bit lifeless about like how the story played out. Yeah. Um. I also felt like the battle system, I felt like there was the room for kind of cool stuff and it's like there was some interesting systems for sure. I fe- I thought it was real clunky. Like when you think of like a Disgaea or a Fire Emblem or something like that, I feel like they are so streamlined and they feel so good to control. And I was kind of surprised because like with Octopath, I think that battle system in Octopath feels amazing. Mm. You tap L and you buff up and you it's like, oh man, it was so good. And with this, I felt very kind of fiddly. Like I was constantly having to readjust my moves because I was like, oh no, wait, that's not quite what I wanted. Mm. Let me do this. And like, it was kind of difficult to tell sometimes which units I had selected and stuff like that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cosmetic stuff. It does feel clunky selecting characters and then with the way the camera moves and what kind of viewpoints you can click into. It, it is a demo that they're looking for feedback on and I think they have kind of a lot of work to do with that. They could absolutely... These are all, like, with the battle system stuff, I think those are all problems you could QA in yeah. there. There was, like, I liked some of the, um, there was a lot of different characters, and one of the ones I really liked was a thief that could go invisible. She was awesome. She was really cool. I think her name was Lana, and this is the type of strategy game where it matters if you get a backstab or if you're attacking from the side for plus damage and stuff like that. So that and the verticality, there seems to be, like, a lot of fun for an in-depth battle system if they kind of bring that usability and, I don't know, a good story on top of it. Yeah. It's something I'm curious about, but I think I'd have to wait for reviews. Same. I think, like, the battle system could be fun as well if it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're leveling up all your guys. You're like, oh, this sword will work well with this character. Like, I could see it becoming, like, really intriguing that way. But, yeah, I think from the trailer, I was kind of like, okay, let's fucking Mm. do this. This looks awesome. And then when I played it, I was like, huh. I think the big thing as well, the big catch in it, and we're just talk about it a little bit, is the conviction system where you have basically two parties who want to do something. So the example in the demo is to give up this prince um, to a guy who wants to kill him, yes or no. And if you keep him, you will be, the village you're in will be attacked. And if you don't keep him, you're kind of, hand, you're handing over this guy. Yeah. Um, and there's basically two groups of people. One want to give him up, one don't. And you have this scale system where you have to go and convince each character to go onto your side. And I thought that as a premise was cool, but in practice, it only took one conversation and one line of dialogue to get them all to agree with me. And that piece of dialogue was just came from a single NPC character. So I kind of, I thought it was cool that it could go either way and you could probably have a different story from someone else who played, but I thought it was very, very easy to convince people. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to have a system like that, but it only takes, like, it it felt like a formality. Like, just ask me (laughs) next time. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, like I love when I love when people when anyone tries to do like story like interesting story mechanics like gameplay mechanics that affect the story and like when I saw the demo I was like that's cool and then when I saw it sort of play out like that I was like okay but I still think there's room for later 
I guess just I think it's the kind of game where I need to see more in, yeah. in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I played Persona 5 Strikers. Me too. How Ooh. far are you in? Only like two hours. I'm like 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it took me about eight hours, but now I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. This The thing that surprises me most about this game is what a sequel to Persona 5 it is. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, yeah. I, I really thought I was buying a Musou game with Persona characters, and it's the other way around. Yeah, because I, I, I played one of the... 3DS games, which is an Etrian Odyssey game, and that is very much a spin-off. But this is a six-month-later sequel to Persona, a game that came out four years ago. Mm. Um, it's it like right down to a lot of the things that irritate me about Persona are there, and a lot of things I like about Persona are there. Yeah. Like, you know, Brian, you were saying earlier about um, the character in the film explaining what just happened in the previous scene oh yeah oh my fucking god i am so sick of this with persona it has like the shittiest storytelling where it's like you do something and the characters then in the next scene explain what happened and then explain what's going to happen in the next scene and oh my fucking god yeah so so what happened with me was that i I started playing the game and then i was like oh no is this gonna be as long as persona like is this gonna be like a full length like atlas game and i checked how long to beat and it said you can beat it in 35 hours if you just mainline it or like 50 if you want to go for everything oh, okay because i had heard and that kind of calmed me down a bit where i was like okay i think i can digest that amount yeah but i, I can't do a 100 hour game like that right yeah now. yeah no um but like the plus side is i feel like all the cool stuff about persona 5 is there too some of those menus the shop menu oh holy shit yeah the that music- is like the best menu i've ever seen <laughs> that to me, that felt like a tribute to the Dreamcast. It felt like Space Channel 5. Totally, yeah. yeah uh, they, it's so slick. Yeah, it's um, fucking beautiful. And just the fact that, yeah, that, that it uses the W Force engine that are that's in the Dynasty Warrior Musou games. Mm. But it is the most, like, like, I don't know, like, tweaked version of that where it has the physics of it, but it still has the pause and kind of make your decisions of a JRPG but it's but it's still high active physical fighting yeah so I played for about two hours I think I fought for about 20 minutes yeah yeah there's bits later on where it does feel like a Musou game and you're brawling like waves of hundreds of enemies but for the most part it is just you stealthing around um, a location in Japan that's been altered by the metaverse and you just have to press triangle and ambush all your enemies. Otherwise, you'll set your radar off and you'll get kicked out. Yeah, right. It does have some nice, uh, like, tweaks from the previous... From, from the mainline Persona games where that you, you, you can leave a metaverse dungeon and it doesn't advance the day forward. Mm. Which was a big problem I had with the Persona with, with Persona 5 because you've got your HP and you have your SP and your SP is attached to most of your Persona moves except for a few that you know take your hp but like all the elemental attacks need sp but it's very hard to find sp in the dungeons to replenish it but there's loads of it in shops and so you have to play as much as you can in a dungeon and then exit the dungeon for the day and go back Uh, but this kind of has that quality of life feature where you can dip in and out and you're not going to lose anything because the because the story is fixed to uh a day routine that certain events happen on a certain day no matter what. Mm. 
So like the, the I guess like the time management of Persona is kind of gone. That's gone, yeah. Yeah. And there's no like doing stuff after school or anything like that because it takes place over. Uh, I think it takes place over like two months over the summer. Have oh. they graduated or something? I think uh, they're on summer holidays. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Makoto and Haru are both in college. Oh yeah. But the gang are all about eighteen, nineteen now. Whereas yeah. in the previous game they were about. 16 to 18 but they're all over 18 at this point except maybe Futaba I think she's the youngest I think this is like really nice for Persona fans uh, my girlfriend's playing it so I've seen a lot of it but I think it's cool for people to revisit this cast again and they all have like new outfits and they are going on a summer Some holiday some of the clothes yeah. are so fucking cool I, I love Makoto's tiny jacket yeah it looks great um, and she could drive and she drives uh, a camper van because she's the oldest She's kind of like the mom of the group, and I'm re- <laughs> like I was like, oh, cool, but yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, I really like that the group is already established because I love Haru, but you mm. don't get her until the very end, of, like yeah. about eighty hours into the game, you get Haru. But from this, when they get go, you have Haru, and then your uncle who runs the uh, cafe, he's a complete jerk to you in Persona Five until the very end when he kind of warms up to you. But in this, he's nice at the beginning and like. He loves you, and he loves the gang, and he's super supportive. It's like a season two, where, yeah. uh, where all the conflict between the main cast has been solved, and now they have to solve other conflict. Yeah. yeah. They still talk to each other too much, but it's a little bit less. And some of it's... I feel like some of the writing is maybe a bit more entertaining than it was. There's a part where they order a gold bar off the dark web, and I thought that was funny. The dark web is very funny. Yeah. Because, of course, they... Yeah, because... Cause, <laughs> There's they make new, friends with the internet. Yeah, they make friends with the internet who's basically like Siri or like, what's the Amazon Alexa thing? Yeah. But she's like a prototype that was buried under a, and I, I guess the, they, 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 they keep mentioning a tech company that's sort of like Google or whatever. I think it starts with a Z. I'm sure the twist is that they're going to be the evil ones all along because. Brian, <laughs> get out of town. The storytelling of Persona I know is... we get wild on this podcast, but there has to be a limit somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, you uh, don't really play Persona for the story. You play it for the characters. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you like those characters, it's just more Persona 5. Yeah. Like, it's it's so seamless in, like, how much, like, that game it feels. I think for me, like, I'm kind of interested in seeing where this first case goes. I know who my target is. I want to get her. I'm like, okay, this is cool. You're fighting Carrie Pamu. Yeah, I'm fighting Carrie Pamu. Um, I, I think the chances of me beating this game are tiny. Um, I think, like, I'm kind of like... I like Persona 5. I don't love it. And I think, I think I'm think i probably going to bounce off it at some point. But I also kind of want a podcast game right now, and it's it's good for that, too. Um, during some parts, I just switch down to easy mode, and then I'll go back up to normal. I can't do that, Brian. I'm the... Hardcore gamer. Is... You are in your hole. Neve's the hardcore gamer. It's true. Yeah, people have said that's me. She plays real games. She, she plays. Does. She plays games with guns. <laughs> Persona only has like toy guns. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect with this game, but uh, it's warmed up to me now, so I'll keep playing it. I, I kind of just bought it on a whim because I've not been following the development. I think it was called like. Persona Shibuya Strikers or something. I think it, it, in Japan it's called Persona Scramble. Oh yeah, yeah. Shibuya Scramble. And it came out like a year ago mm-hmm. and I had not followed the development of this game and I did not, yeah, I didn't realize how much of a Persona game I honestly thought it was just going to be like a Muso Hyrule Warriors with the Phantom Thieves which it is but it is not that game at all. Yeah. This team is so talented at taking a franchise and just grafting 
this type of gameplay onto it, but making it so, like, fit into that world so completely, like, yeah. aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Like, the menus are all on point, every single thing about it. It's, like, they're a very talented team at adaptation Absolutely. into specifically also, Muso. <laughs> it's really yeah. cool seeing those characters move like this, because, like, again, I like Persona 5. I would say the battle animations are not at strong point. No, they're a bit janky and stuff. The way they like flow, the characters just move and flow in this, I think looks great. Like I, th I think Omega Force did a really, really good job in that aspect. Yeah. And and like to me as well, it's cool to play as the other Phantom Thieves because yeah, you're still locked to having Joker as as your primary party member that you can't remove. But at least you can tag him out and you can play as some of the other characters and. You could, you could play as Mona, and when he run, he's got his little like little circle cartoon spin dash. Mm. I, don't, I, I, I I love the charm of this. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that feels like a bit of love's gone into, and that's really cool. Neve. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about the new console from Sony, the PSP? Go. Here we go. I feel bad talking about this because. I did manage to get a PS5 eventually. I bet fuck it. Why the fuck are we talking about it? Okay. Okay, so... I know, I needed a lockdown hobby, and I was talking before about the PSP and how I bought a game to play on the PSP. When I got the game, my battery had exploded and I needed to replace it, so I bought a new battery. When I got the new battery, I realized my charger was boinked, so I needed a new char charger. Oh. Uh, so it took a really long time. I then put the game into the UMD drive and the drive just started screaming and it had never done this before. And I keep my, like I kept this PSV in pristine condition. I was like, why does this game not want to play for me? Um, so I just decided to um, hack my PSP and <laughs> it's, it's something I've always wanted to do. But before in 2008, when I first had my PSP, it was a very hard thing to do. So I had bought a hacked version that I used to have as well. But now anyone can hack a PSP. It is so easy. You no longer just need the old version. You can do it with any version of PSP on any firmware. Nice. It takes about an hour. And I put some plugins on my USB a PSP, one of them, which was a UMD dumper. So I could put the games into the drive and save them off as an ISO and then put them back onto a memory card onto the PSP. Jesus Christ. And the PSP uses SD memory cards, doesn't it? It uses Memory Card Pro Duo, which was Sony's um memory card it made specifically for psp and sony cameras they're oh, not okay. in use anymore the highest they go up to is 32 gigabytes and it's super hard to get like a sony branded 32 gigabyte one but what you can get is an adapter that you just put in a micro U um micro sd okay, card into perfect. it and you can get up to like 64 gigabytes um with those card readers so i have my psp hacked with custom firmware on it permanently and i have this iso dumper but what i also added to it was a screenshot button uh, with another plugin and that's just been a really fun thing to have on the psp because obviously a screenshot button is such a modern kind of convenience so i've been playing some older games that i had or that i'd missed out on like silent hill shattered memories which john has spoken really highly about to me before and i've been playing that and i've been able to take screenshots of it and 
some of the screenshots for that game specifically have corrupted in a weird way and they kind of look cool because that, oh rad yeah like and it's the one what? game where they're where they're corrupting yeah. for some reason and the game is haunted konami know what you're up to <laughs> that's like the super haunted game that opens up with like this like little like warning this game plays you as much as you will play it and you <laughs> sit in front of a psychologist and it asks you a whole pile of questions and one of the questions on the end of it was like have you ever cheated and i ticked yes to see what he'd say and he goes oh oh i see that you cheated um okay and i was like (laughs) okay those like the psychology bits like it's such a hokey idea there's something about them that makes me uncomfortable it it works like it reminds me of stuff of like man and and like until dawn but kind of like it works in a like in a real way I, I, i like it's been it's been a while but i i think i can remember that's like the psychiatrist's performance being weirdly good for yeah. a PSP Silent Hill game. All the performances are weirdly good. And this game looks weirdly good. Like it has this, like you're going around with a torch in this like Silent Hill village that's just been um, abandoned and you're walking uh, through empty food shops and you just have this circle of like really white light. It looks great on the PSP screen. Um, but like the psychologist did this other thing that I thought was great. He gives you a, a coloring in page of a house with a car with a couple in front of it. And I was like, I'm making my Barbie dream mansion. So I colored everything in pink and purple. And then the next scene, um, you go to this house, which you've identified as your house and you ring the doorbell and a guy comes out in a pink shirt and the house is purple and the door is pink and the mailbox is pink as well and i was like oh it's my house and then your character the game plays you as much as you play it neve and your character's like this is my house and the guy was like whoa whoa buddy this is my house and it was just (laughs) like it was a really good moment and um there was one bit i thought was kind of weird like i really like the character of sybil bennett i just think she looks cool and I really didn't like the redesign in this because she just kind of looked like um, kind of a like like a librarian, but like a sexy librarian design. That's your fault, Neve. Hell yeah. It's my fault because they picked the civil design based on what you do in the game. And I was looking at the booby posters on the wall because I was screenshotting them. And the more Neve, you look at the Neve, booby posters. Neve, are we gonna are we going to talk? Are we going to fucking talk here? I was I was like, ooh, I'll do some cool corrupted image art based on this game. And then the game was just sure, like... Sure, Let's yeah, fight a okay. boob. Here's, yeah, yeah. here's sexy Sybil for you, Neve. Titty Master Neve at it again. Yeah. <laughs> Boobing it up. Oh, uh, I don't even know what those look like because I got all the, like, the non-pervy designs because I was, I was enjoying the story, Neve. I was never breastfed. I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> John nearly choked. <laughs> I'm just so innocent, I don't know. What's a boob? You mean the birds? Because in my mental dictionary, I only think of the flighting, the, the, the flightful animal, a boob. Ah, yes, the blue tit. Yes. Um, yeah, so Why PSP. do you think you'd need to objectify women? Neve just like, doesn't. Why is that I, I was for art. Neve thinks women are beneath her. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> Stop doing oh. this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I keep putting me, my fair, hand. In fairness, me and Brian are walking you to the river. You're the one who's fucking diving in. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep setting Neve up and I just keep putting my hand on my face because I'm like, here we <laughs> But uh, it's been a really fun time to go back to the PSP. There's such weird and good games on this. Oh, yeah. Like um, Fan Fancy um, Tactics is on it. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, Tactics yeah, Ogre. Yeah. Oh, Tactics Ogre. Like, I've never played one of them properly, but I've always been like, I bet I'd like 
the original yeah. Dangarampa games are on it one and two RPS and and Blackrock Shooter. There's no there's so many Hatsune Miku <laughs> games. There there was a game I sent you. What's it called? Knight's Crown or Knight's Crown? Yeah, uh, which looks like a Vanillaware game that never made it out of Japan, but someone fan translated. Yeah, it. yeah. And there's some cool stuff as well. Like there's a PSP Yakuza exclusive. Yeah. Those look really cool. Yeah, like they. I think they. The way they. I think they're all pre-rendered backgrounds, and so mm. you're experiencing experiencing camera roadshow is like these really nicely done like fixed camera angles, and it looks awesome. It looks great. It was like wow. Okay, this is just a Yakuza game, mm-hmm. and there's a fan translation of that. So I've. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is I'm having a lot of fun with my PSP in 2021. I've put a lot of games on it and I've been just playing with plugins. I've gotten to the stage now where I want to try and fix my drive. So I'm going to replace the shell of my PSP and just open it up and replace that. So I've done the software side. Now I want to do the hardware side, but it's been a fun little hobby. If you have a PSP buried somewhere, I think it's worth digging out and maybe trying to stick some ROMs on it. There's YouTube videos that explain how to do it. It very like easy to follow steps. It's such a it's such an easy thing to do now and I think there's a lot of stuff you can get out of a PSP in 2021 which I am su- as surprised as anyone yeah, to say. Yeah, that's kind of shocking, but then like when you when you lay it all out like that, it's like, yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like a nice little screen size. I've been playing it in bed. Yeah. It's 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 a fun thing. Do you think you play more Shattered Memories? Yeah, I'm going to finish Shattered Memories. I'm having fun with I it. I remember that not being very long and there just being a lot of really good, surreal storytelling. Like there's a bit where... I think like you're driving so you're driving somewhere with someone and they're like okay pull over I'm going to be sick I'm going to be sick and then you pull over and they like get sick and then they come back in and they're a different person and, That's cool. And, <laughs> and you're, the guy's just like, what? who? What? And he's like, Harry. And I also remember like the ending of that game and like they go for some stuff and I thought it was really cool. Is this a prequel? Is this like or is it just like an alternate universe cuz it's like a manipulated retelling of the original. Okay. Where your they, reality they, they, is distorted. They justify what it is okay. in yeah. a way that I think is really that that I thought was really cool. Uh, the chase sequences suck. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Feel yeah, free yeah, to just pull up a guide and just slip right by them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it does a thing where like time is frozen in ice or something. Yeah. And like you have to all... run through the door. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I remember using the little track, bits. using the little tom pad on a PSP to do those are not fun. Not yeah. a good time. I remember John playing it on the Wii, and he had to like wank the remote to get <laughs> out of there. Like we just... did play it, didn't we? Yeah. In my in my old bedroom in my parents' house. Yeah, and we were going so hard with that remote. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> okay. Um, PSP. Um, I also just gonna, as we're on the Sony talk, I got a PlayStation 5. Uh, It's been really hard to get one here. I thought coming into the new year, there would be kind of more stock or scalpers at least would be dealt with in some way. Yeah, if you told me in December I still wouldn't have one by March, I would have been shocked. Yeah, Mm. like I've been actively trying to get one and I finally was able to get one. If you're in Ireland, I really recommend the PS5 underscore updates. Is that it, Brian? Uh, I'll check it because I, I was actually on this site. Um, it's a really uh, good P- Twitter PS5 account. PS5 underscore Ireland. Yeah, sorry. PS5 underscore Ireland. It's, a, it's just really a stock good, alert. Yeah, it's a really good Twitter account run by someone who's just basically stock alerting all the different uh, places in Ireland. Curry's are doing walk-in, put your name on uh, down. Like he's like Amazon and Smith's up yeah. and that stuff. Yeah. Was finally able to get one. Got, got my PS5, have it all hooked up. First thing I think is... 
Ooh, it's a very ugly console. I knew it. I fucking knew it. It's a fucking air purifier. It's sh- like I kind of thought it was fun when I first saw it. Yeah, like, I think I think we all had that reaction where yeah. we were like, Meh. but it's so cumbersome. You're gonna have to like move a couch. Yeah. Put- Michelle's so pissed because like she knows how big it is and she's like not happy. It's so big, and when you're in a small space, it's like it- it's a problem. It's like it's so big, it's a problem. And then I'm looking at my Xbox Series S, which is so niche and respectful of my space. It's Smart just console. like this thing. It- it's massive. This is one of those consoles that once they put out a slim, I'm gonna upgrade that i'm gonna upgrade it um there's nothing really to play on it right now <laughs> that's uh, i played the maiden demo for resident evil 8 and it looked beautiful and does that the, game is still coming out lady do anything she appears um at the end but yeah. it's literally 20 minutes long of beautiful visuals it meant me super hyped for eight even though i already am but like that game's out in like two months yeah. crazy cool um yeah i know because 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 there are games coming out at the end of april beginning of may that are big triple a games with ps5 yeah and that's the reason i wanted to get the console was to play resident evil 8 on it but uh yeah it's nice to finally have one um but then the reality of owning one right now is really like huh what should i play yeah and what's the thing about um because it'll play ps4 games you were saying about the saves it'll play your ps4 games and if there's a ps5 update you can update them um it doesn't carry saves because i thought i'd continue my yakuza 7 playthrough on it yakuza 7 save does not carry over i've heard (laughs) i've heard (laughs) Uh, so i'm gonna have to go back to ps4 to finish off that because i'm like i'm i'm nearly 40 hours into that game i'm not abandoning that save and so for example, putting in the disc of control into a PS5, does it like install a, a PS5 version of that game locally? It's hard to tell. I didn't do it with control because control were giving away still the copy um, oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. PS up, up, up until the other day. Yeah, yeah, on PS Plus. So I got control that way again. Um, but I did put in the Yakuza, uh, Yakuza 7 PS4 disc and it recognized it and let me download it and play it. I don't know if it was a PS4 version with the view to upgrade it to a PS5 version. I was looking through menus and couldn't see where it specifically delineated yeah. what I was downloading, but yeah, it, yeah. I think it was a PS4 copy. Yeah, I'm no I'm just really curious cuz um we should we should talk about Guilty Gear Strive beta next. No. Why not? <laughs> cuz I need to leave that to the end. Whoa. Anyway, um the online purchase of that is very attractive just because it covers the bundle for both systems mm. where I was like, if I buy it for the, if I buy the digital copy, I'll have it for the PS5 later. Yeah. There's that logic. There is that logic, but I wish that was easier to find the PS5, PS5 versions. I think you should put in a disc and it goes, okay, this is a PS4 game. Here's the PS5 version. That yeah, there's like. no reason... They shouldn't do that. Like, it's ridiculous. And I think the only reason... I I have a feeling that Sony implemented the, like, upgrade paths for that very late into the PS5's life cycle because they realized that's what Xbox are doing and Xbox had been working at it the whole time. So it's got some weird DRM where it's kind of hiding stuff from you. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that a few times that people are just, like, playing PS4 versions of things on the PS5. Yeah. Do Do you think... I guess, like, out of what's out right now, do you think there's anything that you're going to play soon? Um, I'm going to try Demon's Souls. Here's another thing. The price of games is just astronomical. Like, you go to see Demon's Souls on the, like, 
the digital library. And so it's many euros. Eight, yeah, like 80 euro. This oh was a 79.99 yeah. one. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? And I'm like, I'm not fucking playing that for Demon's Souls. Are you kidding me? So Yeah, no, I wouldn't pay that for yeah. Demon's Souls. Some so, launch game hype prices. Yeah, so I went online to some stores to see if I could get it cheaper. And the cheapest place I could find it was eBay for 50 so I think I'll just buy it off eBay, play it, and then resell it again yeah, on eBay. Because a few people, like people, are looking to get games right now. But I don't know when your when your options are like Watch Dogs Legion, Demon <laughs> Souls, and like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, kind of as the kind of big ones. I know there's other ones. Um, I don't know. None of that sounds attractive enough for me to spend yeah. that type of money on it. Like it's that, just crazy. Yeah, no, this it's it's infuriating. Because like they're they're just price matching the price in dollars, but it, the like the value it does not translate like, into no. the same no. thing. No. And I think stuff like that makes stuff like Game Pass look way more attractive. Totally, like, totally. Um, but yeah, played Astro's Playroom as well. Oh yeah, that's brilliant. They really use the controller. I love like the little things where you run on the grass and you get a crunchy feedback in mm. your hands, and then when he walks on metal and you get the tappy feedback. Little things like that, amazing. Yeah, that controller, the dual sense is kind of where I'm feeling the power of the PlayStation 5 right now. Yeah. Like that's the big difference. Yeah. I me. really really hope that like third-party developers keep that in mind for the entire duration of the console's life cycle. Yeah, I hope this isn't the kind of thing where like two like you know, a year or two in nobody's doing anything with it. Yeah. Cuz like I I appreciate a good a good rumble. Yeah. He's playing a spooky game. Start shake. What is that? It's good. Guys, I've played a spooky game. What spooky game? I played Little Nightmares. Oh my god. Two. Is this a sequel to Little Nightmares that came out, oh god, like three or four years ago? Three or four years ago, yeah. And, um... Came out came out 2017, at, at the end of 2017, I think. It's interesting, because I feel like with a game like this, you can either really try and, like, change a lot of what it was, because in a way, Little Nightmares was kind of like its own... I say perfect, but I just mean that it was executing what it was doing very, very well. I felt like that game knew what it was, and it did it well. And so, like, are they going to go a different direction, or are they going to try and do it better? And it is the same game. It is, like, it controls the same. It's the exact same style of horror. It's the, it's, you're this small little character, and it's this kind of puzzle platformer environment where you're frequently sneaking around these just big, giant monster people. Um... But I think one area that they've really upped it is kind of just like the visual fidelity of the whole thing. It is fucking stunning looking. Like, Neve, you were messaging us earlier. Yeah. This is the first game I've played on the PS5. Oh, I, yeah. my first thought was like, I want to see this on a PS5. And I think yeah. I messaged you like straight away, Brian. I was like, don't get this on the Switch. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I will definitely play this game. It is beautiful. Like, it is such a gorgeous, like, oppressive like dank atmosphere but rendered just so beautifully like everyone who's worked on this is so incredibly talented and like it starts off and you're like this little little small kind of child but you're not a child you're just a small person in this and kind of I think big you're a person child. world yeah but like it's like things aren't scaled properly like you're no no like yeah. It's like a kind of a way more imagined adult world and you're a much smaller um, person trying to navigate it. And I never played the first one, but the moment I was like, oh, okay, they're doing real horror is maybe like a few seconds in, you just find a liquefied 
body, like just a corpse that's been rotting for ages, that's just wet and full of flies. And I was like, okay, this is this is a very much a horror game. This isn't like a cutesy horror game. No, no, no. Like it's really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's 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 extremely fucked up. And it's interesting because like that bit aside, they actually don't lean on gore very often. No, like it's it's gore that's in the background, and this wasn't gore that was there to shock me. It was just like, oh, things are dead. Like yeah. things are dead in this environment. It's rotten aftermath. Yeah, something happened here. Bad things are happening in this world. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think one thing I really love about the environments is like the way this game works is that you move from environment to environment and every environment is like owned by some kind of giant humanoid monster. Yeah, because the previous one was like, this is the kitchen, this is the living room. Yeah. Um, and what I love about the environments is they're all really hyper specifically tailored to the anatomy of this monster. And so... Um, like if a monster can like extend its neck really long all everything will be positioned so it can kind of like look at up at high places and all this kind of stuff you know like if a monster crawls along the ceiling everything's going to be arranged on tables so it can reach things like from the ceiling and all this kind of stuff and it's it feels so like meticulously crafted and so much effort has gone into like how these environments would reflect these monsters and it makes it so creepy because even when the monster's not on screen, you're always thinking about them. Because you're like, wait, why would this be like that? And you're like, oh yeah, because that monster works this fucking way. Um, and how far did you get in it? I've just finished the school. I'm in the hospital now. I would say school is a high point for sure. Yeah. Um, um, the school is really scary. It's like this school where the, the, the school children are like little personal dolls. And the game is just like, you have a hammer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Get smashing. Yeah. Yep. And it's like um, they come at you with that's a maybe, swift brutality. That's maybe the one new mechanic of the game. Mm. And it, it's it's scary. And there was a there was some... Fr I actually wanted to ask you about the PS5 loading times. Because there was some frustration I had with lining up a hit with those little enemies running at you. Yeah. Where I had to redo things. And the loading screen... The loading in the PlayStation 5 was really fast. And I was thinking if this took any longer, it might be less fun... I can definitely remember those bits being a bit frustrating because like there are bits in this game where you're gonna die yeah and i think that's a, like i know some people aren't really a fan of these games and i think that's why you're not going into an environment expecting to get through it the first time is, you're gonna... is the playable character still very ragdolly yes with like yeah. a delay yeah 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 there's a certain yeah, I, I remember that there's I... a slightly little big planet feel to them yeah um, they're very it's, ropey they're, i think they feel better than little big planet but yeah but um, they're floppy. I can't remember specifically if like if the load times were bad, but I definitely remember finding those sections frustrating. Mm. So they might have been. But um, it's cool. I have beaten the game. It's about I'd say five or six hours long. Okay, cool. And I would say like the quality of it stays really consistent all the way through. And um, there's always that feeling that like the every environment has a lot, a lot of work put into it. One or two things. I went through an area and it did not the monster didn't trigger. Oh. Oh dear. Yeah. And did I you? don't know yeah. I, I don't know the reason it was because I finished the game and then I wanted to, I was like, okay. I need I need to refresh myself what's actually happening in some of these sections because the ending gets very like reference to the first game and stuff. And I went back and I watched like Nitro Rad's review of it 
and um, he was at a section where basically there was like he was in like a factory of giant mannequins and whenever he shone a light on them they would stay still but if they weren't in the light they would come after him mm-hmm. in a way that looked really cool in that room for me they didn't do anything that's a pity yeah and I was like oh that looks fucking cool did you just walk through that section then I might have just been too much of a pro gamer so I guess <laughs> their behavior animation never loaded in and they were just in placeholder but but they weren't T-posing yeah they weren't T-posing like I didn't notice anything was wrong but I didn't they didn't activate for me either you know <laughs> and I think that would have been such a good scare um uh it's really interesting kind of I guess like looking at what's happening in this world because I felt like um and if, like, if you get to the end of this game and you enjoy it, I'd really recommend go back and play Little Nightmares 1. That um, game's always on sale. It costs it, like a fiver. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like, it's two and a half hours. It's just, it doesn't look as nice as this game, mm-hmm. but it's just as like meticulously put together. Cool. Um, and like the end, the end of it is like amazing. Like the end is really, really cool. Um, it was interesting to me because like the in the first one little nightmares is all about like you figuring out where you are and like the reveal of that's really really fun and figuring out what these giant creatures that seem to just inhabit the world now what they are and what their deal is and little nightmares 2 kind of takes like it sort of further in that you start to realize that there's these big horrible creatures but there's also something else in this world preying upon them and that starts to get really interesting. Um, there is an, like there is a big reveal towards the end of the game that did take the kind of wind out of my sails a little bit. Like it felt like it felt like a twist for the sake of a twist. Okay. And I think it only really had any kind of like there's gonna be something's gonna happen, Eve, and you're just gonna be like, why why did that character do that? Okay. And it only really makes sense if you've played through Little Nightmares, but it only makes sense if you can remember one specific part of Little Nightmares okay. 1. <laughs> and it kind of felt like, oh, they're not really telling a like, succinct story anymore. They're doing this whole kind of world building where you're now going to watch like an explainer video. I feel like I've talked about a lot about my feelings on that kind of stuff before. So that's how that happened. There's a real... Oh, <laughs> there is such a... So this is what was going on moment. Oh, okay. where stuff is being told parallel. Yeah, it's like, oh, I know. Yeah. I see what's up. That was what that was all about. And it's a bit like, it's fine. Like, it's not, it's not clumsily executed, but you're kind of like, oh, but I don't feel like. That's what you got. The revel- Like, the revelation doesn't really carry any kind of, like, emotional punch with it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Um, that said... I, I, I enjoyed the game all the way through. Mm. I think it's about twice as long as the first game. And there's like... The first game, I think, had maybe three or four monsters. This has like five or six. And they're all cool. Like, they're all cool. really, really cool. Um, can't wait for you to get to the fat spider, Neve. <laughs> I hate spiders. Looking forward to it. This um, game is super scary. <laughs> is the spider a boy or a girl? It's just... It's just a man trying to live his life in a very specific way. Okay. Because Neov loves the Spider-Woman trope. I love Spider-Women. What do you like about Spider-Women? They're going to lure you into um, the net. Yeah, I like that. I like that they lure you in and eat in you. In one piece Whoa. at the moment. And I also like that they're like like sexy, but a spider, so you can kind of kill them, but you see boobs. Neov, at, <laughs> at, at, at the moment of like, One Piece, just... Sanji is fighting a Spider-Woman. Oh. And Sanji's weakness is women. 
and the spider woman <laughs> and the spider woman has a knuckle duster and she's just like breaking his face off it's pretty funny wow i feel like this is like hitting all her <laughs> i just love that as the concept his weakness is women okay sanji is so bad with women that in the muso games when you fight female characters in the one piece muso games he deals half damage to them <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good. That's a very good adaptation of Sanji's awful flaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. So Little Nightmares 2. Thumbs up. Good yeah. stuff. Spiders. Spiders. Yeah. And women. You're not gonna... I mean, I call him the fat spider. He's not really a spider. He just... He has spider-like tendencies. Okay. It's just a fat man with limbs. A burrow? You'll see. You'll does, see. Does, does, does he burrow? No, he does crawl, though. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he crawls like a motherfucker. And he's so angry. But, um... Brian... Yes. You played Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury. Yes, I did. Um, I'd been wanting to play Super Mario 3D World again. Nintendo does that thing they do where they're like, hey, here's an old game. That's they're all like, we got. hey, 60 euro. 60, 60 euro. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't do that. And they're like, we can do that. And you're going to pay for it. And I'm like, that's not true as I take out my wallet. Oh, yeah. All, every fucking yeah, time. Yeah, and I do it. And you know what? They announced that they're going to remake Skyward Sword, a game I legitimately do not give a shit about. I might try it again, because I'm a fucking moron. I absolutely will do it again. You see, because we're idiots. I didn't even beat Skyward Sword the first time because I lost interest in it. But this time I will. Oh, well, you know, I've beaten every Zelda game, so maybe I should give this one up. Maybe I should total pay 120 euro for a game I don't give a shit about. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess anyway. the incentive of this is that it comes with uh, an extra game that I guess is pre-installed DLC, and it's called Bowser's Fury. Um, this game takes about two or three hours to complete the story campaign of, and then about five or six hours to 100%-ish. Uh, I sat down on a Saturday morning, and by the end of the day, I had 100% completed this game, because that's where I was in my life. And that's what little Brian needed. This is what big Brian owed little Brian. And Anything for little Brian. Anything for that little fucker. Uh, And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked that you're playing as Mario and you're solving a weird emotional problem or like a weird domestic problem between a son and his dad who has anger management issues. And there's no rescue the princess bullshit or anything like that. You just fall into an alternate universe where you're just on a, an archipelago of a, like a string of islands and it's all covered in this like paint tar and Bowser has turned into a kaiju and you just gotta do some Mario Odyssey style missions which I was... They're, they're better than... It's not the fucking phone game design of Mario Odyssey. Okay. I think we need to talk... Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so this was something I was practicing when I had a bath a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> All right. Okay. So John put out a video and... Oh, Brian, don't expose me. John, John put out a video where he ranked a bunch of games. And apparently there's a bit in this video where he he, 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 does, he, he, he talks about Super Mario Odyssey and dismisses it immediately. And I, I saw that there was some comments being like, John doesn't like Super Mario Odyssey? Like, what's that about? Because like... Okay, so... Let's Fight a Boss has been going, what, since 2015? And we probably have a lot of listeners since after 2017 when that game originally released. I think it's fair to say, between all three of us and Let's Fight a Boss, 
we do not think highly of Super Mario Odyssey. No. You know what I'll say it? Game can go fuck itself. To the point that I was afraid to tell you guys. So I think you barely spoke for that section, Eve, because I think you thought that we were gonna love it and, and me and, and Brian like defend simultaneously it and get yeah. were like, fuck this game. And I was like, What? <laughs> like like to me Shut up, Joe What? <laughs> like like you, you, you know, you know, to you, like Death Stranding is something you beat, but you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey is my Death Stranding. Like that game has so many fucking problems at its core and in the story. And I beat the game out of spite. And I think it got into our top ten because because f- we were too stupid. Also, but like to be fair, that game controls like a gem. Like the controls of that yeah, game no, are it absolutely feels great. It feels like, very like good. there are some positives in that flawed, busted ass game. Uh, I love Mario games. I would. I never want to play Mario Odyssey again. I play Sunshine before I play Odyssey. I still think Sunshine's worse than Odyssey, but that's because I played Sunshine last year. I think year. if I went back and played Sunshine, I'd probably be like, shut up, John. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, look, I just I just don't like Odyssey because I feel like what I love about Mario is like, there's a star, do some crazy shit to get it. I don't like ground pound this dark spot on the fucking ground and get a star. Like, and it just, it I hated that game design. And like, I know what they're going for. I've heard other people talk about it where it's like this constant endorphin rush I do not need that. It's like, definitely aimed at a different kind of player. It's more accessible to people who don't play games. It's for stupid babies. Yeah. It's a stupid baby game and yeah. for stupid babies. It's for stupid baby grandmas. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I just think someone who's... Well, like, I, I guess I'm not owed anything because like, <laughs> Nintendo doesn't owe anyone anything. Like, I think we owe Nintendo. <laughs> Keep giving them your money. <laughs> um, but I found with Bowser's Fury, this is the next 3d mario game technically because it it was developed after mario odyssey and it has some elements of mario odyssey but i think they pace the uh, and, and in this you uh, instead of moons which you collect in odyssey and this you collect cat cat marks okay can we have a talk about the cat stuff the cats what what's going on there? okay so in this location it's cat themed so everything has cat ears and the grass is fur. And it's just a place and where there's, there's a cat. giant cat bell. Yeah. And hmm. you get the cat bell to turn into a giant cat. It might, there might have been an ancient civilization there at one point. At some point, I feel like... Okay, like the person, the, the like lead designer of this game comes in and he pitches it. And he's like, okay, and... Then we're going to bring back the power-up where Mario has cat ears. And here's the concept art for the Goombas. They all have cat ears and cat tails. And here's a giant bell. And if you get it, Mario... And, like, at some point, I would have to be like... What? What's what's going on with the cats? Like, what? I didn't mind. I love cats. I, 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 you know, I, you you make me pick between dogs and cats. You know what I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick fucking cats. Oh, my God. I know. Unexpected. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm... I, I had a deep and endearing friendship with a cat once. Kitty. Can't put a price on that. Best friend I ever had. Only friend you ever had was Kitty. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I, I love cats. I, I, I grew up in a cat house. I, 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 I only got to know dogs recently. And I think dogs are fantastic, but I just never had the youthful, um, I guess, influence of dogs. So I, I missed out on that. Yeah, unfortunately. see, I, I I grew up with cats, 
and I understand cats very well, and strange cats like me. It's like a shit superpower. Um, but I only like them slightly more than dogs, but I love dogs a lot too. There's too much fucking cat shit in this game. Really? I, I just... What, what is happening? I thought it was just the right amount of cat. I think if you're going to do cat, just go all cat. Which it sounds like they did. They, I think if you played through it, Neve, you would at some point be like, what are we what are we going for here? <laughs> have you ever seen the video of the Russian woman in the apartment with 100 cats? Oh, that video is so scary. Yeah. Um, that's what this game is. Like, they, <laughs> they just... Um, I want to give a shout out to my cats. We got Susie, Gizmo, Marble, Mango, and Cinders. Rest in peace. Do you want to give a shout out to your cats, John? Yeah, sure. Uh, Puss in Boots, Kitty, also known as Scarlet, uh, Bert, also known as Blitzkrieg. You're all fucking stars. Uh, shout out to Millie, my mom's cat. It's very cute. And shout out to Max, our friend's cat. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Max is a lovely fella. Real hunk. Um, are there any other cats I know? Uh, Shell, she passed away recently. She's a lovely cat. She's the one that we used to mind here sometimes. If you have a cat, just shout out to your cat. Just yeah. look at your cat right now and be like... Callie's a lovely cat. She, she's a ragdoll. Oh, yeah. She's got lovely blue eyes. Uh, my, my sister has a cat called Cleo. She's a lovely cat. Cats are just very good. So anyway, Guilty Gear Strive, right? Um, okay, so Brian... Remember that what to fall to? No, I'm, wait, no, I'm not done about Mario. I, look, look that, that, I really... That was, that was the joke. I enjoy Bowser's Fury. Um, I couldn't really tell you what happened afterwards, but at the moment in the time, I enjoyed it, and it's two or three weeks later... It kept and me just invested enough to collect 50 stars. Yeah, I, I, I went ahead and I had got all 100 because I just had to just get the, it out I, of my system. I get system. it, little Brian. Is this little open Brian. world? It's semi-open okay. world. Okay. Okay. okay, I have some fucking issues with this shit. Okay. Because everyone's talking about how this is an open world Mario game. It's just, it's just instead of levels, it's C. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's it. This is as open world as Wind Waker. Uh... It's it's not even as open world. Like Wind Waker has an actual world. Wind Waker has yeah. weird fun shit to find. This has more variety in our islands. This island has cats, and then you go to another island. Guess what? That's got more cats. Wow! Like I, it's it's like it's fine. Like it's I think it's a it's a fun game. But I guess when I I've seen a lot of people be like, yeah, I can't believe it's an open world Mario because it's like you get a star, but then you can go to an island. There's another star there. It's like. Yeah, and, and people are like, yeah, I could totally see them, like, you know, expanding this concept for, like, a full open-world Mario game. And I... I, I hope they don't, because honesty. it would take ten <laughs> years to make that game. But it, but it's also, like, you know, with open-worlds, I think it's really important that you're getting a sense for a location. And I feel like with Mario games, you know, you're always focused on getting the next star or whatever. And it's like, I just... I don't get what an open world would bring to a Mario game. And then, like, you know, by contrast, this is obviously part of the re-release of Mario 3D World, which is, mm -hmm. like, the most segmented 3D Mario game because it's all just, like, level after level after level. And it's 2.5D more. Like, it, it yeah. plays more like Little Nightmares than it does, like, you know, 64. That's a fair point, yeah. yeah. Um, and... I just think that game is still weirdly perfect. Mario, Mar I, I, I went back and I'm 99.9% .9 complete of Mario 3D World. That, that, that was my post-surgery recovery game because it was a game I played before, so I knew what to do, but I still had to like rise up to the challenge because that game is super easy for the first like, I, I'd say the first couple of hours, and then the last world oh is like. 
fuck you. And then when you get into the post game, it's yeah. just like, welcome to hell. Yeah, welcome to fucking hell. Um, um, I really like that you can play as Peach. I like the main as Peach in that game. She's brilliant. It's already sold more than it did on Wii U. Good. Um, um, I, I've yeah, also been happy to see people fantastic. kind of come around on it a bit as well. Because I feel like a lot of people didn't like that game. And I just don't understand it. Because to me, it's like... It's nearly like the purest Mario game. Yeah, it is. It it, it, it really harkens back to the NES games. Yeah, and all the levels are so fucking cleverly designed. And they yeah. all have such interesting new mechanics. And it, it, goddamn, yeah, it's got so many ideas and it doesn't like overuse the idea. It just tosses it and you go, wait, that's all you're going to use it for? And they're like, yep, fuck you. Yeah. It was a bit vulgar, which I thought was unusual. Yeah. Um, I think when that game was first announced, people wanted a Mario Odyssey and I saw it and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play it. And then you play it and you're like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's so good. It's way better than Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. I mean, Crash Bandicoot one's a way better game than Mario Odyssey. Death Stranding is a way better game. I actually... Look, I don't hate Death Stranding. Neve, you have the most complicated Neve, relationship with Death Stranding. I like a lot of that game and I hate a lot... The I can only hate that game in a way a fan hates that game. You did finish it. Yeah. I hope I finish it one day because like you I will never play that game. I never again. want to play that I game. Think not. I might not. John, I, I think you should uh, play Death Stranding. You should play Persona Five Strikers. Um, what else should you play? I know I'm dropping Persona Five Strikers. You should, you should finish the Last of Us too. Tales of I Berseria. Did. did you? Yeah, I finished that game. You should play it again. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Tales of Berseria. Nah. <laughs> no, I do like like that. That'll that's a game I'm gonna go back to. At some too many point. games, too little time. But that's how it always is, you know. And then like. It's hard because, like, I always want to be on the lookout for shit because I'm like, oh, what if it's something I can make precious content out of? And so then if I'm playing, like, a 7 out of 10 game and I'm 60 hours in, I get this feeling of, like, what am I doing? Because remember we got an email last year where someone was like, John doesn't finish games, Brian and Neve does. Haunts me. And I did nothing about it. <laughs> Neve, Neve uh, no. finishes games out of spite. Yeah. I finish games because uh, I'm like, well, I paid for this, so I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter how far I get. Like, a game could be 90 hours long and I could play 86, but if I haven't finished those four, I'm just like, I guess I never played that game. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> you didn't even begin <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> it's like, I guess I didn't play it. Doesn't like, count. I get weirdly outraged with games sometimes where, like, I'll be like, no, this game's good, this game's good, and then I'll have an hour and I'll be like, this fucking piece of shit is wasting my time and i'll drop it immediately yeah, I'm, I'm getting really like cautious of what games i play and making rules about like okay how much value and like i make a weird graph to in your head we're like the time input versus the reward given see i think like in the lot like literally since we got that email i was like i need to make an effort to beat more games but recently, I've kind of just gone back to like, no, I'm just going to play the games I want to play. And if I don't want to play it, I'm not going to. Yeah. Do you want happy brain or sad brain? What do you want? What do you want? Happy <laughs> brain or sad brain? <laughs> like that, Neve. I do. Oh, Neve has bravely default too. Uh, Brian, do you have anything else to say about? Uh, Mario gave me happy brain. That's, that's it. Happy boy. I'm having happy brain for bravely default too. So I've been move. really looking forward to this I've game very for excited. so long. Yeah, it finally came out. It was meant to come out at the end of last year and I it know. got delayed. And like, um, I bought a physical copy and it didn't arrive on release day. So I was just like, that's fine. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's not fine Eve. it's not fine so i had a very zen day where i was just like i'm not thinking about that but i was for the entire time i was pissed but i was trying to hide it yeah, yeah. I hate that's all you got when it doesn't show up yeah. it's awful it's like no it's okay i am not bothered by this because <laughs> you, you, you've emotionally put time aside for it yep. you've been looking forward to this it's game like, for so long i was just gonna play it for the weekend but i guess i'm not um i finally did get bravely default i'm 10 hours in and i am having a super time it's it's a like it's a jrpg so it's very hard to comment on one of these when you're 10 hours in i am in the early game and i've done a lot of grinding the bravely system is a system of turn-based combat where you can bank moves so you don't take a go and you can store up moves and unleash a, like a flurry of attacks or strategize with it. Like you need to use an MP to give yourself more magic, hit them with a stronger magic attack or do use an examine so you can see a weakness. There's loads of stuff you can do. The game's uh, combat is just there to let you have as much fun with it as possible. It also has a job system. And within the first, like, four hours, you have five jobs, you know? And it's very easy to max out a job. You get to level 15 with a job, and you max it out, and you get loads of abilities. And you can equip two jobs at any one time. So you have your main job and your sub-job, and you get all those abilities. So you have a battle system where you can bank moves, and a job system where they're throwing abilities at you. And you everyone can have two different types of job. It's giving you so many things to throw at these enemies that no one person will play this game the same. Like by the end of 10 hours, you'll be like, I'm doing monk this and black mage this and someone else will have a totally different team dynamic. And what's fantastic about this is this game is so cute, so cute. They look like little toy characters, like just little toy bean characters there's something about them that i find like a bit uncanny i know some people don't like this the it's a different it's a different character designer than the last game and the main character designer um i'm sorry i forget his name but uh he's done all the like marketing materials like the cover art and stuff but the character models are by someone else they are kind of on the side of uncanny but to me they're they're on the side of uncanny where they look like toys and I find them aggressively cute. Like when I'm playing this game, I'm kind of angry at how adorable I find it. I Have they got that. like feet or triangle tiptoes? They've got triangle tiptoes, but there is a tiny little extra triangle. Just for a little foot. boot. There is a little boot because <laughs> every every class has like an outfit, and like there's an outfit for every character in the class, and like. Oh, the outfits are so so cute and so silly, and everyone has little boots. And for the white mage, it's like a ski lodge, like white fur look, and everyone has these little white booties. I remember that. Yeah, those were so cool. They're so good. So ten hours in, I'm collecting more jobs, and the story's the story's getting going. Nothing too serious so far. There is four crystals that keep calamity at bay, and the crystals are gone missing, and you and your team are going to get all the crystals because another the girl on your team Gloria is a princess whose family has guarded them forever and you're along for the ride um the cast is really fun I really like all the characters and they do a little thing that I find nice but again I know this is some of the things I enjoy are sticking points with other people and I can understand why Every character has a different regional accent. So there's a Scottish guy in the group. There's like an American woman. There's just some like, there's very just general regional dialects. 
I like that because it makes this world seem bigger. And the first town you start in is a port town where your main character, Seth, washes up on a beach. And it kind of just makes this world seem um, larger than its like top-down little 3D model world kind of allows it to. Uh, it's it's visually very pleasing and the characters are very charming. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the story because, as I said, very early on. It kind of like, so far, is it kind of just your standard stuff? Or? So far it's standard stuff, but the characters in the VA is good enough where I'm like... And they've introduced like loads of sub-characters who are really silly. Like there's Orpheus, who is a bard who um, just kind of negs you. And like, there's humor there. Like, this isn't like triangle strategy where I was like, "Ooh, this is very dry." Mm. Like, there is a there is a good sense of humor that I'm looking forward to uncover. So I am in a great place with this so far, and I really hope it continues. Um, and I'll talk about it again next episode. When I played the demo, I, I enjoyed it. It kicked my ass. The demo was made harder to get more gameplay out of it for people. Okay. So, because uh, I think I nearly enjoyed it, but I also think like I didn't beat the demo either. Yeah, yeah. The game right now, I haven't lost, but again, I'm in early area, and I did a thing where they give you a character in your party to help you along at the start, Sir Sloan. I was like, well, I'm gonna grind while I have Sir Sloan because he just throws healing items at mm. me. So I'm pretty, I'm in a good place like in terms of my leveling right now. So I haven't really had the battle sister throw a hard boss at me right, right. that has wiped me yet. But uh, from what I've been reading, there is spikes in difficulties. I'm playing on normal and there is a hard mode that you can push it up to. But I, from what I'm reading, there will be those spikes. So that's why I was grinding as well. I was just like, hmm, I'm going to need this. Yeah, cool. Good investment. Neve sounds like you're having a good time. Great time. So big thumbs down all around. Yeah, don't play this game. Okay. Let Neve play it instead. <laughs> all for me guys i've been playing well i did play the guilty gear strive beta and um it's been really interesting watching the reaction to this beta online because a lot of people really liked it but a lot of the actual like hardcore like hardcore hardcore guilty gear fan base weren't happy like they're kind of pissed why it's like simple mode has been set to the default <sighs> kinda it's it's not even that it's like there's kind of two basic types of 2d fighting game and i'm not super familiar with some of this terminology i was kind of looking it up so like apologies if i have this wrong but like there's neutral based fighting games and okazemi based fighting games and oki fighting games are basically like they're all designed around pressure so you knock your opponent down your opponent's vulnerable for a little bit what setup can you do to make life as difficult as possible so they wake up into your attack and you continue your onslaught? It's all about like applying pressure and all that kind of stuff and just keeping the pressure constant. Neutral is games like, so Guilty Gear would be an example of Oki, uh, Blaz Blue, all your like really hardcore anime fighters like Marvel and stuff like that are all kind of that. And say something like Street Fighter would be your neutral, where the majority of the game isn't necessarily one person applying pressure pressure to the other but instead both characters are like in neutral and they're both trying to get the advantage and eventually one character knocks another character down and usually that will reset reset you both back to neutral um it's not quite that simple but it's like those two things and basically the big criticize criticism of strive is that guilty gear and guilty gear exert and revelator they were all okuzemi fighting games 
this is a neutral fighting game. This has gone more the direction of a kind of simplified, like... Basically, you're going to spend a lot more time in neutral and, like, trying to kind of outfootsie your opponent than you are, like, doing big, fucking crazy, insane setups. And I've seen some people really devastated about it. Like, because Guilty Gear, like, if you... Like, I've been playing Guilty Gear for, like... 20 years mm. i am not good at guilty gear i can barely play guilty gear like i feel like if if the three of us played guilty gear i'd probably win but it wouldn't be by that much and it would be mostly like i'm just familiar with the characters and their moves but like in terms of like advanced setups and like using like you know how to use like the really efficient way to use like all their crazy mechanics like roman cancels and all that i just don't have that knowledge and it's so deep and like the kind of character and world is what I have loved about Guilty Gear for the longest time. There's a thing in D- Guilty Gear called dusting. Yeah. Where you're just sweeping off your opponent, but you're like countering attacks, but barely. I've heard about that. There's so there's so many weird mechanics of that. I watched like yeah. a video on like Guilty Gear's meter. I you know like in some fighting games, like your meter might be like your for your super combo, and then maybe you can do ex moves as well. Guilty Gear, you can do eight different things with your meter. Like, it's always just been an insane fighting game for crazy people. And that's what's beautiful about it, or one of the things that's really beautiful about it. Um, It's a very extra game. It's a very, very extra game, and I have never successfully, like, penetrated into it in the way I have, like, Street Fighter, Virtua Fighter, Tekken, or Smash, or anything like that. Um... But I still love it. I loved Guilty Gear for a long time. Like, just what a fucking weird world and universe that is so dense with just the most insane and fun lore and, like, the look of it and the characters and just, like, it's all the fucking, like, the metal music. It's all just brilliant. Like, I, even if, you know, I've never been very good at playing it. And um, I played the Strive beta and I absolutely fucking loved it. I loved it so much that it made me realize how long it's been since I found a game I really, really loved. And I would say, like, like take last year. I think a lot of great games came out last year, and a lot of games I really, really liked came out last year. There was nothing I loved like this. There was nothing that, like, every time you have spare, like, five minutes, it's all you can think about and it's all you want to play and it was like it was weird to be like oh shit this is how much i can love video games you know and it wasn't just the gameplay like it does play a bit more like a street fighter so it is kind of more what i'm used to it was just like everything like seeing the amount of love poured into the presentation was absolutely fucking insane everything from like the graphic design of when you hit a counter attack and a giant big counter flashes up on screen behind oh, the characters so to like like the characters voice acting to like their win animations to everything it was just like for me it was just like constant tens in every area and i i could not fucking believe it and like i got so into giovanna the um, one of the new characters she is a girl with short hair who fights with her hands who fights with a giant wolf and so like no shit i was gonna play as her and i did but my god her gameplay was so much fun and like just the feeling of like 
she has no moves that are super powerful, but everything has a specific application, and when you start working them together, it's just, like, flow state inducing, you know? And then, like, the other new character, Nagoriyuki, just this giant samurai vampire who has this crazy blood mechanic where he goes into these blood frenzies, and you have to manage his blood meter along with his other meter, like, oh my god, I was in pure heaven, and, like, with each new character, seeing how they've, like, upped the presentation and the visuals, like, um, one big example would be, like, um, Venom, um, in, there's always been this character in Guilty Gear called Zato One, or, sorry, not Venom, Eddie, there's always been this character in Guilty Gear called Zato One, and his whole thing is that he's possessed by a demon who's, like, made a shadow, and depending on what game you play, sometimes Zato One is in control, and sometimes the demon is in control, is in control, and, in a lot of the previous games, like, Eddie the Demon was kind of like just... He was a pretty cool-looking gargoyle shadow demon. Like, you know, kind of like something you'd see, like, in a Spawn comic or something. But in this, they've turned him into this, like, really stupid 2D cartoonish-looking idiot demon. And the amount of personality in him is fucking amazing. And, like, seeing... Like, there's one, there's one super combo that Zato 1 has where it goes into single-level animation. Like, they Whoa. have brought... They got an incredibly talented single-level animator in, or at least this is what it looks like. I don't know how you, they did this with a computer, if they did do it with the computer. Maybe they did. It would require individual models for each pose. Yeah. For each frame. And if, like, you're not familiar, single-level animation is basically when you're an absolute fucking crazy person and you decide to do full illustrations for each frame. You're animating the character and the environment in a 3D space camera move. Yeah, and, like, a lot of times it's done with, like, colouring pencils and materials that, like, they don't use in animation because consistency is impossible. Yeah. And it is, like, one of the most beautiful animations I've ever seen. And um, I played about 40 matches. I got... I You do, like, a ranking match, and I put... And then you get assigned, like, to a floor in the tower. I got put directly in, like, the middle of the tower into, like, the mediocre level immediately got like annihilated like five matches in a row dropped down a level um but then started like figuring out how to play giovanna and what the game was asking me to do and then i got to i think the seventh floor and it was just i sat down for two hours and i think i played it for like four or five lobby system sucks ass hope they fix it but Definitely an arc systems game in the lobby. Yeah, system. yeah. When you say the lobby system, what do you mean? Do you mean when like you're doing getting online. matches, or yeah. is it like? Because I played a little bit of this, and I was surprised that you have to make a little sprite and go up to people and yep. request a match. So yep. you can do a different option where you just go to training mode and they assign matches to okay. you when they're ready. But if I, if we wanted to play together, we would have to meet in the same floor in the same lobby, walk up to each other, take out our swords, wait for the match to load in, and there's no rematch option. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. I'm I, I'm guessing they're gonna like it's a beta. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, just completely blown away. Like, cannot fucking believe how much I love this game. Genuinely sympathize that some of the hardcore Guilty Gear players feel like they've lost something. It's not fun when a series you love just feels like it's not for you anymore. I get it. But, oh my god, I just adored this game. And I cannot, like, I had, like, withdrawals when the beta ended. Because that beta was only two days long, wasn't it? I know, it? yeah. And I went into it. Yeah. I, went in, I went into it, like, Monday night. And I was like, it's going to be closed. And it was closed. And I went back Tuesday night. 
just maybe maybe a glitch in Ark's system meant that it had opened up by accident. No, it hadn't. And um, yeah, blown away. Completely, completely blown away. And it's such a John ass game. Yep. Like I downloaded it and I turned it on and there was just a lot of metal music and then I was like, that girl has a wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I played as Chip a lot and I picked Giovanna to fight against. Do you mean against. the President of the United States of America? Is yep. that who he is? Chip Daniels <laughs> yep. is the yeah. President of America. <laughs> but he's also addicted to cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's, very, cool. he's very fun. So I was using Chip and I was uh, learning it off and I was surprised how easy I found to to do the moves because those Arc System Works games are games I find difficult to do but I was like oh I can play this yep. which was surprising I picked uh, Giovanna to fight against because I was like how sweet would it be if I could beat John at Guilty Gear Neve, if you beat me <laughs> at Guilty Gear I would be fucking pissed I'd also be like secretly a little delighted yeah, he'd yeah. be so proud of you yeah. um, but then I went into the online mode and like uh, had my ass kicked so so much. Yep. I won one match though. Nice. Feel good. Yeah, felt pretty good. Yeah. This is like thanks, Chip. Uh, yeah, that's a gorgeous looking game. One thing I didn't think was too gorgeous: some of the win animations. Chip has this thing. Okay, maybe it was Chip, but Chip has some this thing where he mouths some words, but his mouth flaps are not miming to any audio oh, yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay, so there's yeah. some weird like kind of I saw that too. There's some weird animation stuff with some of the characters and syncing that I was just like, that looks fucking crazy. Like okay. Yeah, no, I, I could see something like that definitely. I think just like I just kept seeing Giovanna's win animation. Because you know I won quite a lot. It was it's it's just like she fucking like falls backwards onto her wolf. Did you see Ramlethal's win animation? No, what is it? A little fucking puppy w- runs up to her and she picks up the puppy and spins around and then collapses Aww. with the puppy in her. Aww. It's the cutest fucking shit. Um, but yes, yeah, sorry. No, that's it. I played it too and I was just like, yeah, a very John video game. Mm-hmm. I was playing as Faust. Um, they made Faust scary! They fucked him up even more. What the fuck? So his shadows have no blending mode on them or uh, they're, they're completely opaque. So he has like a different lighting to all the other characters in the game. <laughs> and I think that's really funny as well because he still fits in with the environment, but you're like, that's, that's, that's not approved. That's not correct. No. But sure, fuck it. And um, he's, he's real simple to play as as well. They've, um, I, I do really like that you can just pause the game and it's got a really nice instruction manual and they'll do the thing where it has the combo and it has the animation like like demo right there and then for it um i'd like I, I i i like that aspect of the menu systems is super simple it's just i wish the online had a menu rather than a little fucking avatar but that's just how arc system games work yeah it's it's better when you just go into trading mode and wait for the matches to come to yeah. you but yeah, like it sucks um but you yeah, know i i i i had a great time i found the loading times were a bit rough with that eagle flying in the sky mm. and it just yeah, sort of hangs there yeah um, I hope that gets fixed. I hope that gets fixed. Uh, I'd be curious to see what the PS5 version of that was like. I might check it out on YouTube, but uh, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to this game as well. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I, like it, it got me, it got me kind of weird and emotional in a way because, like, to me, it's like, like not, 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 not so much the gameplay. Although for me, yeah, the gameplay as well. But like. It was a real, like, holy shit, like, 
this is how far fighting games have come. You know, like, this looks and sounds so amazing, and I feel like it's kind of, like, aesthetically the kind of peak that fighting games... Like, there, I don't think there's any fighting game that looks or sounds better than this. To me, it looked like I was playing Redline. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I could, could I could control the direction of Redline. Yeah. And it was weird because, like, this game, I feel like... So, I, I really was hungry for some more fighting games after this, so I went back and I played Street Fighter V afterwards. And I, I, I started playing Exarad after this. Yeah, uh, I downloaded Lucia, the one of the new DLC characters, and she's really fun to play as. And I still really like Street Fighter V, but... Man, it's like, that fucking game, like... There's so many things about it that I have to be like, Street Fighter V is really good, but... And it's like, you know, you go in... And it's like you have six stages unlocked, and then there's like twenty stages, and they're all DLC. That's shitty. And it just feels like a game constantly trying to nickel and dime you for this stuff, you know. And did another character get leaked again recently for Street Fighter Five? It's like I don't what? know if they got leaked, but they did announce like the new characters. Okay. Akira from um, Rival Schools is in it. She's really cool. She wears a she wears a she has a, she has a biker helmet, but um. Yeah. And, like, I, I really had fun playing it, and I, I played, like, 50 games as Lucia or whatever, and, like, I had a good time, but, like, you know, Street Fighter V, in parts it looks really nice, in parts it looks so fucking rough. And, like, I don't know, some, like, the just outfits and costumes, they don't really feel very coherent to, like, the Street Fighter universe and stuff, and, like, what I kind of my feeling, and, like, I really don't mean this, like, as disrespectful to the people who are making Street Fighter V, but, like, Guilty Gear Strive feels made by people who really love the fuck out of guilty gear and it's like their whole life you know street fighter 5 feels like it's made by people who are paid to make street fighter 5 you mean by committee yeah and i can remember like when street fighter 5 came out i remember talking about it on this podcast and like i wanted street fighter 5 to be like the next big thing in fighting games like i wanted it to i wanted to blow up fighting games like i wanted to see like what is next for fighting games and for me now like four or five years later that's what guilty gear strive is and that mo both makes me very happy and breaks my heart because i love street fighter but it's not i don't think really the standard bear anymore and that kind of sucks but we have strive and that's great can i ask a question before you win this bit go for it so a lot of love for strive you guys really hyped up and were very big into the Dragon Ball fighting game. Mm -hmm. Where is that for you guys now? Like, what happened with that? Because I think you said similar stuff about how, like, aesthetically it brought it. Totally, yeah. Like, yeah. is that... Are people playing that still? I think are you guys playing that? Uh, it's it a very good three-on-three three fighter. Has, like, it's, like at the, with Dragon Ball, for me, like it's a three-on-three three fighter, and I'm just never going to be into that into it. Like okay. I, I, I played it with some people at work, but they're still more into Marvel versus Capcom yeah. with their three-on-three three fighter. I, I, I've not thought about it. Yeah. And I, I still have the, the the disc over there. And then, like, Grand Blue came out, and Grand Blue was, like, way more my speed than that. Um, I think Grand Blue is definitely a much simpler game than Strive. Like, anyone could kind of play Grand grand blue and like start to understand it but strive i think takes a little more effort but um for me like even even like dragon ball and grand blue like aesthetically like they they just can't compare to strive and i'd say that a revelator as well and like revelator is beautiful it's still beautiful but 
Stripe is on a whole other level. It's just completely next level shit. Cool. Cool. When when is that coming out? Uh, I think it's May. Yeah. That's so soon. You're going to be so happy. I'm going to be so happy for once. So yeah, big thumbs down on Strive. Quick time events. Oh my god, there's so much video game news. Oh, there's too much news. There's too much news. You know how in January there's like fucking nothing, and yep. then at the end of February they're like... We just had a talk about how we were like, oh, maybe we'll cut back the news section a little bit, and then just everything happened. Yeah, no, they just, like, I, I, I feel real happy for, like, game websites, because they get articles again. Yep. They don't have to do, you know, does anybody remember this game? They're like, hey, does, <laughs> do, do you know what? There's new consoles, and we said we're going to release games for them. Here you go. So I guess the first thing is the Nintendo Direct... Brian, you're a Nintendo man. Um, I guess as a Nintendo fan, it was fine. Um, uh, I, I, I was saying to you guys, I think the Switch is the new Wii, in that it's aimed at a general audience that they can make more money from than a hardcore um, fan base. They they can take their time with their primary IP, and most of the games that occupy the switch eShop seem to be uh fortnite clones uh which i'm sure do super well um but I, I'm, I'm just a weird old man who likes mario and zelda but there was some great stuff in this direct that <laughs> catered to my ears. i thought was this... not a fan of everything they did did not enjoy but I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought this direct started off really strong and then got really comically kind of downhill yep. in okay, a way that so was, there was so funny. There was, oh, I laughed. Oh, it was I fucking brilliant. So hard. The fucking Aonuma bit. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. Expecting Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, cause, cause... we won't be showing the... And it's like, well, why did you come out? I, I just... I, it's, it, it's just... This was uh, a direct days before the 35th anniversary of Zelda. And you think, you know, the Switch is now officially four years old. They tease Breath of the Wild 2. Um, it's about time they kind of tease it again. They bring out Aonuma and we're like, here we go. And he's like, and here you go, Skyward Sword. The game that <laughs> made Breath of the Wild happen because of all the backlash it received. <laughs> like, I get what they were going for. But that was silly, guys. Should we just talk about the other games first? Sure. Like, No More Heroes 3 was one for you, John. Um, I think some people thought this looked like shit. I thought it looked like No More Heroes. <laughs> yeah. This this looks like the third No More Heroes game. Because I know Travis Strikes Again was a, like No More Heroes 2 and a half. You know, I, I like that game. It's, it's shitty and stupid in a lot of ways. But it had heart and I appreciate it. And it was a sad game about how so No More Heroes doesn't exist anymore. And that's really funny. No, this this had Grasshopper Manufacturer all over it. It was yep, like a fucking... It was exactly what I wanted from a No More Heroes 3 trailer. Yeah, uh, I hope it's terrible. I can't wait. Yep, same. Um, There was... Some licensed games. I was not not expecting DC Superhero Girls to be there. I just started working on that show. Um, I, I, I just want to say, as someone who works on a TV show that gets adapted into a video game, that can go either way. The art direction of this game 100% matches the show. 
like it has the same sky cards oh that's so weird and so i was like they really did their homework so so the people developing this game they are studying the source material of dc superhero girls and i hope the people who play that game enjoy it neep who's your favorite dc superhero girl uh poison ivy brian that poison ivy is adjacent to the dc superhero girls that's correct um uh my favorite at the moment <laughs> i think i said the wrong thing you didn't it's fine who's a dc girl brian barbara gordon okay uh my frame my favorite is diana prince who's that brian wonder woman that's well, wonder don't woman. just fucking say wonder woman no because we're diana prince i went first name terms <laughs> <laughs> what's her middle name brian brian <laughs> diana brian <laughs> john who's your favorite dc girl I think I know why. She's got cool arms. Yeah. She yeah. does legitimately. Do you, do you follow any Instagram accounts where people cosplay as Power Girl, John? You know that's true, buddy. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking know. Like, I've never, I've never told you, but you know that that happens. I, I know what you are. I smell my own kind. Um, Ninja Gaiden Rima. Okay, yeah. okay. there were some Xbox games like Stubbs the Zombie. Yeah. That are oh, being ported I, I, to the Switch. I'm saying it now. Master Chief is going to be in Smash, and I didn't say it this time. <laughs> He's going to be. It was in really Smash. weird playing Ori on Switch and seeing Xbox Game Studios. Come yeah, up. that was fucking strange. Because like Xbox paid for that game. Yeah, for the exclusivity of that game to be on Switch. Um, uh, I played the first Ninja Gaiden, and it's fine. But I would never play that again. I. <laughs> I'll play that and never finish it up. Play yeah. Devil's Third. Yeah. Like Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> um, and Splatoon 3. Sure. Splatoon 3. I am excited as a Splatoon 3 fan. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, John was like, Hey, Brian, you're going to get the new uh, Monster Hunter game? I was like, no, why would I get that? Hey, John, you're going to get Splatoon 3? No. Why would you get that? I feel like this is a weirdly aggressive tone. I was just, this is just like, it's just a case of me trying to make conversation with my friend. That's try and take his mind off his fucking crippling surgery. And this is how it comes You should back. talk to me about Splatoon mm-hmm. 3 because I'm fucking hyped for it. Uh, France is fucked and we're going to play Splatoon. <laughs> I thought that trailer looked really nice and then it was Splatoon 3 and then I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. That was like, I'm thoughts. really happy for I'm Splatoon so happy. fans. Like, I, it looks cool and looks okay. great for you, you know, guys. But... I said, I said I was really happy for Splatoon fans. I, I take it back. I just don't. I don't feel anything. This this does not benefit John. John does not care. John does not like the gameplay loop of Splatoon. No. Um, similar to why I don't like the gameplay loop of Monster Hunter. You never played Monster Hunter. Bro. I played the demo in 3DS and I did not like it. I didn't like the 3DS Monster Hunter. So which one should I play? Monster Hunter World. Is that the new one? Does, does, does... Okay, Neve, Neve says that. She, I bet she's played like 60 fucking hours of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so they had a trailer for Monster Hunter Rise in this direct. Isn't that game out in like less than a month yeah. preceding this direct? I don't like when they show trailers for games that are out so soon that it feels like padding. They did that with Bravely Default 2 and they were like, and this is out next week. It's like, dude, just show more Splatoon. <laughs> Mortal Kombat movie trailer. Do they, do they need Maybe, to make a new Maybe, Mortal Kombat? Maybe, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You're the one who put this on the docket. Yeah. And then you linked us the trailer earlier. Yeah. Is there a specific reason, perhaps, that yeah, you're Neve, very what's going into on this? There? I just thought it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, but do you like is someone pretty in it? Like Sonya Blade? Is that who we're talking about? 
no i just thought the trailer looked really cool um i thought it was cool when sub-zero turned Jax's arms to ice and i love them. when sub-zero that does stuff very good. i liked when sub-zero <laughs> froze the guy's blood and then stabs him with his own blood <laughs> he's so cool it looks cool it yeah. looks really cool I really I, hope there's a bit where they go to like a bar and the jukebox is playing the 1995 movie soundtrack. And so someone... you, you know the end music was that it was an orchestrated version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like, that's one of the best songs ever. No, made. that is one of the best this, songs ever made. This is a movie I really want to see in the cinema. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that things will happen eventually in our lives that means that I can see this movie in the cinema. It probably won't, but well, it, maybe it's, is the movie coming out this year. I don't think so. Okay. Are you sure? I think it might. I don't know. I didn't do the research on this. It might end up on like Amazon Prime or. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, Sonya Blade looks very good in this, which is good because in the old movies that was a really she played that role fucking perfectly, and this bit where where Kano's like, oh come on Sonya, give me a break, and she's like, okay, she breaks his neck. (laughs) Stirred many feelings in me. Um, Silent Hill blooper team. So this is basically nothing. I don't know why I put this in here. So Blooper, <laughs> Blooper Team uh, ha- teased that they are working on a well-known horror IP. Wait, is, is Blooper Team the name of a game dev? Blo- Blooper Team are the people who did Layers of Fear 1, 2, and Medium. Why would they call themselves Blooper if they want to be I taken seriously for survival horror? I so much R? discussion about the name of these guys. Yeah. They're called Blooper. I I, no, I think it's a fine name. Yeah, like to it, me, it didn't to me, stand out to me. I to guess me, oh, this is like I, the, this I, is the I, third I saw conversation the I've heard about this, and, and like, now it, I'm in it. It's it, it, it's just here. I saw the heading for Blooper Team, and I thought it was like the fucking Shiba Inu ending of Silent Hill Two is what you meant. Oh, I get you because it's kind of like a blo- yeah. Yeah, I I thought yeah. it was something goofy and fun. It's funny because it's a goofy name, but they make horror games. Anyway, it's a rumor that... <laughs> yeah, because horror games are really stoic and serious and... But the sound. Yeah. But blooper, that sounds like a fart you do in the bath. Well, anyway, um, I, that doesn't like that doesn't sound great to me. I don't think that should happen. Yeah, no, I don't. That's, I, that's I don't. my that's, review. That is not what I want. And I, look, I don't know what I want. I'm a... I'm 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 a person who played Silent Hill as a teenager who grew into an impossible to please man, and so good luck Konami. Do you want like a, a gacha game on your yeah. phone? Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. That's gonna do it. Um, like you know, do you want Pyramid Head Tamagotchi? No, I just I don't want that. It comes in like an actual physical Tamagotchi that's shaped like a pyramid, and if you raise him just right, he murders Mary. Yeah. Okay. And it has a little pixel art of James crying awesome i'd love i'd love a little james tamagotchi you have to like coax him through his morbid depression and he never gets better and it's a statement god take him bowling i was so depressed when my tamagotchi died when i was a child i met him like live for over 40 days and it was of a gorilla who just used to do mountains of shit (laughs) so it was just a lot of poop that's like was the tamagotchi experience clean my poop but um my gorilla died and it just like showed him getting really old and kind of walking slowly and then he just turned into a skeleton and died (laughs) and i was so like genuinely devastated about this tamagotchi that i'm not really over it no i am over it. i just think about it Hey, Silent Hill was... Blooper Team, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, my Tamagotchi fell down the toilet. <laughs> That'll do it. And I didn't know what to do. And I asked my mom and she put on a pair of rubber gloves and she took out the Tamagotchi and then put it in a bag of rice. And the next day it was fine. 
Wow. That's great mom tips. Yeah. Tips? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Just Jesus, sure. Neve. What, the f- what did you think I said? I'm a very innocent boy. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> okay, next next news item. We're, we're blasting through these. We are really not. <laughs> we're doing fine. <laughs> we? No, we're doing it great. It's it's time o'clock and we got to talk about some games. Time o'clock? <laughs> um, Vampire the Masquerade 2 developer removed from game. This is some weird ongoing yeah. thing where yeah. it, it keeps developing a new chapter each week, isn't I, it? I felt like when this game came out, it was real like, oh, here we go. This yeah. this looks cool. And now it's a bit like... Yeah. It's like Vampire the Masquerade has had such a cult following for so oh, long yeah. and it's so beloved. So when 2 was announced, people were excited when they were like, okay, this is a 2020 game. People were like, wow, cool. It got delayed into 2021. The next update came as a developer update that they just tweeted out um, like a block of text, like as developers do now. And it's just like, good morning, everyone. And it's just an announcement that it will not be releasing in 2021 and that they are removing the developer hard um, suit labs from the project and thank them for all their um, their efforts. The people, I don't know when they found out they were let go, but like it was I literally. I think some of them found out with that tweet. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like because it was literally like a day after people were like, I'm out of a job kind of thing. Mm. There was no discussion as to why they were left, just thanks and kind of bye. Um, so this game is in a weird spot. Yeah. I can't remember a case where it's like a game is meant to come out on a certain date and then misses that date and then the developers get removed. Yeah. That sounds pretty fucked. I, I kind of wonder as an element as well, they're like, did did you guys see what happened Cyberpunk? I think a lot of people are delaying their games and they should. Yeah. Yeah. Like the delays are coming out swift and like with COVID and things are changing and things are hard and no one wants a cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, I really like the phrasing on this next news item. Anthem dies for a second and final time. There's going to be no third time. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I just have a little bit of a timeline Go for, it. for Anthem here. February 2019 is the release of Anthem. August 2019 after much delays, the first timed act of Anthem's post-con- uh, post-launch content is released. September, the following month, plans for the remaining acts are dropped and, w- and they pivot to seasonal updates. February 2020, the seasonal updates end and they are now looking to reboot the game. February 2021, they have stopped working on Anthem. Yeah. So... I was actually like surprised by this and like I feel like in one way it's the easiest thing to see coming in the world because like you know this this shit has happened before but at the same time I think of Bungie I think of Diablo 3 I think of Final Fantasy 14 I feel like all those games at one point were in as critical a point as um Anthem and I just felt like for Bioware and for EA there was so much writing on Anthem and I figured well look they have EA behind them like EA are going to pump the resources into these things and make it work. They can give it a second wind if they really wanted to. If they really wanted to but I was kind of surprised to see them fold on it and like it makes sense like it's not it's not a shocking thing but I Mm -hmm. think that's I think some part of me always thought they'd make it work. I didn't after playing it 
I guess that's the and big loving difference. Bioware and yeah. liking games like Destiny. It was like woof, woof. Um, it's shocking that Anthem ever ever happened. It shouldn't have happened. Like those other games you mentioned, those were studios that were working within their genre. This was a, a studio that was known for single player experiences, like a hyper focused on like yeah. narrative single player story experiences. Yeah. The other thing that came out with this news is that they have now decided, based on the cancellation of Anthem and also the success of another EA game, Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, is that they've took the multiplayer aspect out of Dragon Age 4. And the fact that that was a thing... Specifically, <laughs> like, the, the live game yeah. stuff. And I didn't know... That, like, was that known that that was what they were there doing? There was rumors to that, but what they've put out of, like, Dragon Age 4, which is so annoying, is they were teasing concept art, and they've been doing that for two years at this stage. Oh, yeah, trees. Yeah, they were like, here's here's some concept of Solus. And it's just like, okay, I guess that'll sustain us for another year. They should just go dark on this. Don't show shit until you're ready to show shit. This mm -hmm. kind of drip mm -hmm. feed of a bit of concept art here and there. It's and not then, doing them any good. It's not doing them any favors. And then you're hearing news like, oh, well, there was a multiplayer service aspect to this. And now they've learned the value of single player games after acquiring Bioware. Like, it's... I'm glad they're back on track, seemly, but Bioware have a lot to prove. They're coming off the backs of <laughs> Andromeda and like, Anthem. It is a little bit like, well, you know, we released Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and Dragon Age, and Dragon Age 2, and Dragon Age 3. But, you know, that Star Wars game really showed us the value of <laughs> single-player single yeah. game. I think Mass Effect 3 is going to be 10 years old next year. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, it's a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, like... I think I think part of it for me with Anthem is like I'm a little bit kind of sad to see it because I do remember like if you read the original Jason Schreier article about like Anthem imploding, the original idea for it sounded cool. Like this that it was this basically this match, massive fortress city and the outside the fortress city was this really hostile like Dark Souls ish world with Iron Man suits where like making any progress was really difficult, but when you did, there was big rewards and it like it sounded awesome. Obviously, that is not the game they ended up making, mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like a lot of the work that's gone into this can be folded back into the new Mass Effect and the new Dragon Age. So mm. you know they'll cut their losses. But this is this is Dragon Age Four is a prime example of do not pre-order that game. Wait for reviews. Bioware have everything to prove to you as a consumer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they, they have not shown that they can and, deliver. Like, the personnel shift like yeah. since Mass Effect 3 even. They sold Anthem with DLC roadmaps and all of that stuff. That's gone. Like, yeah. like the servers will stay live for a while, but as soon as they can shut those down without people complaining, you know they will. Um, so yeah. Brian, do you have Anthem's any interest dead. in the Mass Effect remaster? I'm a bit interested. I, I think have, at some point you should give those games a proper shot. I have the 360 copies of 1 and 2 with the intention of playing a Shepherd through the, throughout, but I never did that, and that was 10 years ago. Mm. But I'd say there'll be some... Like, I'd say you'd enjoy them. Yeah, I, I, I'd i say, it, from what I've seen with the remaster footage, um, it looks great. Did you pick it up, I think I'll pick it up. Uh, the last time I played the first one was on a 14-inch portable TV yeah. in, in college. I've never, I've never played yeah. the first one. Uh, the first one was my favorite. Yeah, but... from, from 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 what I've read uh, read of the first one and what I've seen of it, there's a lot of you're in vehicles mining stuff. Ah, yes, so they might Nico. streamline that stuff to make it a bit more contemporary. 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that's just me guessing. But I, I'm 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 sure there'll be the best versions of those games. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Guys, the Sony State of Play happened. I enjoyed this. This was a 30-minute video where they more or less talked about what games are coming out between now and June on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. I was kind of shocked at how little there was. Like, when they were like, and we're done, I was like, what? I love the and we're done. <laughs> what, what was it they said specifically, and that's it, or something? It was Final Fantasy VII, and they said, and that's it. And I was like, there you go. That's what you deserve. Okay, so... Uh, okay, real quick, I want to get a yay or nay from you both, and we're just going to go through these games, and we can talk about them after. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Nah. Nah. Returnal. Yeah. Meh. Sifu. Eh. Solar Ash. Yeah. Death Loop. Yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Integrate. Yeah. Yeah. Yuffie. <laughs> okay. Um, Canterbury of Spirits. I don't know why that game exists. It looks like I think animators will get this, but it has a real smack of animator off it, and yeah. like not in the best way. French yeah. animation college. Yeah. I like. It's I like hope the, that's good. If that reviews well, maybe I'll pick it up. But I, I, it doesn't set my world on fire. Right now, it's like nothing. And you know what? Fuck those little guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck those little minions. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, Returnal. I think that game looks cool. This weirdly remind me of Moons of Madness because on yeah. Moons of Madness you're on Mars and sometimes you're in a classroom or a house. Oh. So there's like an image in Returnal where she's on the moon or it's, space. It's, but some suburban house is yeah, there. Yeah, there. And she's like, what? I, That's not meant to be there. I, I already told you guys my twist of this, but if she opened that door and it was the hallway from PT, that would have been the greatest trailer of all time. Um... I was reading this up. I just want to make sure I'm not talking up my hole. Just a sec. Okay, so this game is developed by the same people who made Resogun, which was, at the very beginning of the PS4, it was a side-scrolling what? shooter yeah. that was a PS Plus game, and I love that game. And this is their next game, Returnal. Well, fair play to those guys. That is a yeah, very a ambitious step up. They're called Housemark. I hope I hope it works out for them. Like yeah. I think it looks cool. It's a cool. completely looking, completely different looking game. But yeah. yeah, no, they're they're going for a different genre, um, and that kind of made me curious about it actually. Uh, Sifu, I'll buy that. Which one, which a, one was Sifu again? The is, Kung Fu game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This looked really nice. It's something that if it had a story, I might be interested in. But if it's just all combat, it wouldn't be my thing. Nah, I get that fucking story out of here. Just let me, just let me, just let me ram someone's head into a frying pan. So this was tight space combat, maybe using the environment to your advantage. Yeah. the The guys who did this did Absolver before, and Absolver was a kind of vaguely Dark Souls ish martial arts game. That I really wanted to like and did not like because I just didn't like how the combat felt, and that has me a little worried. But like I, I like tight spaced fighting. That's that's my jam. So I'm gonna check it out. Uh, Solar Ash Kingdom. This is from uh, Heart Machine, who did Hyperlight Drifter. Uh-huh. This is their new game. Uh, I'm very curious about this one. I love the colors. Neve, you seem pretty up on this. Yeah, it looked beautiful. There's something about this game that just looks very like. Like Xbox Live Arcade to me. I think that color palette has, you know, it's people use it a lot for okay. these kind of games. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah. why, like. So there's a game called Pathless that I was telling you about. Mm. Uh, I, I played it uh, 
our buddy Waltz because he has a PS5. And like, that's a great game. But it's the same thing where you're a big open third person world of a fallen kingdom and you're playing this kind of skating, gliding, kind of cloaked like archer and you're kind of just doing your targets and you kind of get into this kind of flow state where you're just kind of like comboing targets. So like, it's not exactly the same, but that is also um, Haven. Haven. Like. Yeah. And so Solar Ash kind of reminds me of that again, where it's like they know what they have, but this prototype is kind of already in other games. Yeah. Like and 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 not that I'm gonna say like a game like Thumper is, but you know you know like Thumper is the same thing where you're kind of getting into the rhythm, yeah, and you're seeing the horizon ahead of you, and you just sort of like drift. Yeah, Thumper is so fucking good. I mean, like I've I'm not really excited about the game. Like, just nothing about it really appeals to me. But at the same time, like I would have a lot of faith in Heart Machine. Yeah, they 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 and they've been I, working on this I for love a Hyper long Light time. Drifter, oh so, man, yeah. yeah so I'm really curious about it. Uh, Death Loop by Arcane. This game looks Rad. slick. This yeah. really, game looks really amazing. Good. And then, like, like I was reading specifically about the gameplay, and like, it's Groundhog Day where you have to kill eight people. Yeah. And and you have to kill the eight targets no matter what. Yep. And that sounds so fun, and it's like an immersive sim. And I like I'm not that into shooters, but this just seems so cool. And the aesthetic is so strong, oh, just like yeah. the beautiful orange they're using. Yeah. It's it's got the Saul Bass art direction yeah. with the opening titles, mm-hmm. and it's got like a mid-century setting where like it's got this retro 50s, but it's, you know, the characters, it's got like a James Bond 1960s vibe to it as well. The characters seem to have gadgets. a lot of like personality as well, like yeah. not so much in this trailer but some of the other trailers just they seem really fun and Yeah, it really seems really... like all the targets stand out kind of like in a Nomer Heroes way. What's the name of the people who made this? Arcane. Arcane, Arcane like yeah. I, I just feel like like it's an Dishonored Arcane game games. but it's also very clearly a step into something totally different for yeah. them and I really respect that. Yeah. Like I'm very very excited for this. This is this is why I want a PS5. Um and then they closed on Final Fantasy 7 uh, the Yuffie DLC. I am too emotionally exhausted with Final Fantasy VII to have any kind of opinion on this. Yeah. But John, it's you're only at the start. <laughs> this is the first chapter. Yeah. I, I think the first chapter from another perspective. So I think in like four years, I'm gonna do like a full video on the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I think it's just gonna be a complete emotional breakdown. And I think it'll be the last video I'll ever make. And everyone will be like, I'm not watching any more Super Eye Patch Wolf after that video. Is it just going to be... What was that? Is it going to be you, like, standing in a room describing the game while you slowly piss your pants? <laughs> I mean... Like, it's just going to be like the, the, the patch is going to appear and just spread out. I think, like, maybe that, but, like... Like, eventually, like, I'm just there and I'm just stained in piss. And then I take out, like, a box of matches and start kind of, like, just lighting myself on fire. The piss is flammable. Would one of you hit upload on this for me? Because I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to. Uh, yeah. We're just gonna like find charred remains yeah. and like a perfectly intact disc of <laughs> Final Fantasy because not even the flames want it. Just a dark room, and I talk for 40 minutes. And at 45 minutes, I pick up like just a, a big tin of fuel, and I just start to pour that. Up. Um, I I I found the wording about this really Square Enixy. Where, okay, so this game right now in March is part of PS Plus. Uh, so you can go play Final Fantasy Remake one year later. Um, but this won't count towards the Yuffie DLC because that needs to be a separate method of purchasing. Wait. So 
The Yuffie DLC is a PS5 exclusive. So you can download it on PS4 now. Yeah. But if you want the Yuffie DLC, you can upgrade for free off a bought version, but not the PS the, the Plus P- version. So, version. So, so the PS Plus version that's available now has some DRM in it that tells it no Yuffie's allowed. But that's awesome. That's really great. I'm glad if they you did have that. a disc copy of the PS4 game, which we all do in our households, or if you've bought it before or after March, I'm sure it's fine. But if you buy the game during March, there's a there's a, a, a that's a, a stupid thing. On PS Plus on your PS5, you can't get Yuffie for PS4. Yeah, yeah. which sucks. That sucks. Like I, I'm, I know when so this you're gonna whole have to buy the game started, again. everyone was just like, "So, like, is the next part going to be a PS5 exclusive? Are they going to re-release it?" And it's already happening with their DLC, where yeah. it's like across a generation. Yeah, this is this is New Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, I'm out because I know where this is going. This is going to be ten years of different types of spin-off games and maybe movies, mobiles. Maybe there's a gacha in there. I don't know. Them re-explaining stuff. Yeah, this is a story about the final fantasy 7 story and no longer the story of final fantasy 7 i don't want to play a story about a story anymore um they, they can show that train pulling in as many times as they want <laughs> <laughs> and they will oh yeah you gotta get your fucking money's worth i think this is, is if you want to get in on final fantasy 7 remake now's the time to do it because it's only going to balloon from here and if you miss one thing it might have that key moment in it or you know maybe that's okay Maybe you don't need this in your life. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting out. I'm getting out while the going's good. Yeah. It seems like Bravely Default's a safer option, right? Yeah. I was like using like, um, I was, you know, I got silence and I was like, oh, the echo drops. And <laughs> I'll use my Phoenix down. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is a nice time. Yeah. I, a, like, a cute, like, simple time. Look, I'm going to play the Yuffie DLC at some point. I'm going to play the next Final Fantasy set. I've... I don't know why. <laughs> Have you played Dirge of Cerberus? Like, how did you feel about the... Never played it. Okay. So, if you've played Dirge of Cerberus, which I played because I I was into the original extended universe of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the bosses, Vice, is the boss in the Yuffie okay. DLC. That makes me care even less yeah and look i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna like i'm yeah like i that's some fun trivia but like i just i don't give a shit i do not give a shit about this fucking stupid namora fan fiction he wrote for a game he worked on okay i like i just i don't care it's like we have to tell stories we can't just keep connecting everything into other things and then being like "Hmm, i wonder what the like it's not storytelling it's just this fucking weird amalgamation of fictional universes that don't matter and anyone can fucking do it i could be making the next avengers film and i could be like and that's when fucking winnie the pooh walks in it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything it's just and everyone's just this is, this is really good so I wonder what the next movie is it doesn't matter about the next movie what about the movie you just saw what about the game you just played why do we have to do this oh bother and they did a battle royale <laughs> oh yeah they did and, yeah. Some, and, and a mobile version of Final Fantasy 7 again with yeah. some with some nice portrait art <laughs> they can do whatever they want and they will and they won't it's like the singular story is now like a media juggernaut to launch things from. You like Cloud? How about Cloud <laughs> with a gun? 
You like you like to, you like brushing your teeth? You like clout? There was a point when I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake one year ago and I was so fucking happy and they had me so much and they lost it and they kept losing it and it's just that fucking gif of Homer falling down the cliff over and over and over getting bloodier and bloodier and I just I get to the bottom and it's just another cliff and I'm here forever uh, you guys see those new Pokemon games the Pokemon Drake was neat yeah, I uh, didn't watch this. Happy Happy twenty fifth anniversary to Pokemon. Yeah, that's that's Why a number. Post Malone there because Post Malone loves Pokemon and kids love two things: watching unboxing videos of sneakers on YouTube and Post Malone. <laughs> okay, so a while ago on this podcast, I said that I don't know who Post Malone is. I just have no idea. I have worked in the time since I have worked to remedy that, and I went and I found out who he was, and I have specific memories of going back and looking at it. Since then, my mind has been like, we do not need that information, and I do not know who Post Malone is again. He's, he's the rapper with the sleepy face and tattoos on his sleepy face. He's very good. Good for him. I just thought it was weird. It was a real, like, Fortnite moment for Pokemon. So it's like an in-game concert. I, 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 I watched that concert. Was it good? Yeah. It was him like rapping with a rapidash. It was really cool. <laughs> that's pretty that's cool. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Good. I was just like, this is wild. Games are, games are strange. Uh, yeah. It, so I, there, I, I, there, 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 there are kids out there that that tick their boxes. So they're doing a remake of the Sinnoh games. That's Diamond and Pearl, which were the first DS games. They would have come out in two thousand seven. Yeah, I can. I remember them. <laughs> um, they're fine. Like they're they're Pokemon games, and then they're doing. The Pokemon Legends, which is a lot of people say in Breath of the Wild versus Pokemon. I think like, it looks alright. I think we need to maybe just see a little more what that game actually is. Cause it looks promising. It's got potential. Yeah, it's got potential. Um, it did the sweeping shot. I saw people put the side by side. And it's like frame by frame. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? the sweeping vista of your protagonist on the cliff's edge looking out at the vast open world. And it's just the same one from Breath of the Wild. It's kind of ballsy doing that when, like, like this is your new game, but the Breath of the Wild, like, just graphics look nicer and more cohesive. Yeah. Like, I know this is early stuff, but I was kind of, was like, a little, like, I feel like these games, like Pokemon in general, should and could look nicer. The Pokemon games this, have always is, looked rough my, in the world where, like, trees pop in. With Pokemon all the time. I'm always like, why don't we make, like, a modern Pokemon game? And they're like, well, you know, the last Pokemon game came out, like, three months ago. And I'm like, no, but, like, a modern Pokemon game. Because they always look like they're from a generation ago. And I think, like, Sword and Shield was the best version of that. But, like, they're still not great-looking games. Aside from, like, some of the designs are nice. But, yeah. It'd be cool if, like, a Pokemon game looked as good as a Monster Hunter game did. Yeah. Give or me horrifying like... versions of Pokemon. Like, yeah, they, the movie did it. It yeah, worked. fucking awesome. Like, playing, like, like Little Nightmares. It's like, this is art directed to hell and back. Like, this mm-hmm. is so good. Um, it's like, you kind of feel like you're missing a little bit of that with Pokemon sometimes. I would love a horror game. Imagine how fucked up a level of Little Nightmares would be where it's a Jigglypuff chasing you. But, like, a fucked up Jigglypuff. That'd be good. Yeah. I just love another Pokemon Conquest or something where it's a different kind of RPG. Nobunaga's Ambition. I want, like, uh, a business management sim with Drowsy. And it's called Drowsy's Easy Route to Success. 
and he's got like a brief he's got like a briefcase and he's just fucking he doesn't and like and like he's got like uh, like other psychic Pokemon in the boardroom and like like his arms like bending his spoons Drowsy's route to success. No, no, Drowsy's easy route to success. And he's got like, and he's got like, and it's him folding his arms, but then behind him is a is a painted photo or painted picture of him folding his arms. I don't like to ask for fan art from our audience that often because I know people do it and I don't want to take up people's time, but I'm just saying it would really make my day if we got some fan art of Drowsy's easy route to success. I just think a Pokemon management sim has potential as well. I think it's got even more potential. Oh, me too. Emails. Neve. Oh, I am not there. I see you got a little a little letter there. I absolutely don't. Where, where a would, little where, letter where, on your phone. Where would you send this little letter if you wanted to send it to the world's strongest video game podcast? Neve, it's been like five years. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Um, I would send it. I would put it in an envelope and yep. I'd give it a little kiss. Mm-hmm. Maybe a spritz of perfume. And I... <laughs> no, people still do that. And I would write the address ass let's fight a boss at gmail.com on that envelope. It's ass let's fight a boss at gmail.com. It's a big old ass. Yep. Your number one. Derriere Enthusiasm Podcast. Yeah, if you want to talk to us about asses. Oh, no, don't. We, I don't I don't want anyone's ass takes. What? Ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com. That's where you can send your emails. They're all lovely and we read them. We appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are emails. And you know you. what? Sometimes an email might not get read, but you know what might happen? We might talk about it amongst ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. It gets marked as red. <laughs> We do read everything. We read absolutely everything yeah. we get. We just do not have time to read them all. Yes. Um, who would like to start off? Oh, not me. Which one? I'll, I can read one if you have an idea. Which one you want? Go for it. Um, oh, there's one here that John will get hyped about. It's from a guy called Kevin, and it's uh, it's falling behind in 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've got it? This hey boss cast. I've been training um BJs for about five years and, <laughs> and have been taking time off uh, due to COVID. Where I live, the gym's just opened up legally recently, but I still can't bring myself to go. It's extremely frustrating since I checked Facebook for um for the first time in weeks and saw that all of my gym buddies are being promoted and still training. In addition to time some of them um in addition to the time, some of them got training illegally as well. I know, Brian, stop clicking around the docket. You're making it really hard for me to read it because it's obscuring it. I'm just he wrote all that. <laughs> I know the vaccine is just around the corner, but man, it hurts to feel like I'm falling hand, uh, behind on my BJs. Do you have a similar problem, John? Brian and Eve, are there any um, are there any in-person hobbies that you're specifically missing out on? Is it tough to see your friends go out knowing you can't join them? Sorry about the topic. It just really hit me hard this morning. Kevin. Um, That sucks, Kevin. I'm sorry to hear that. I think... Um, is he talking about BJ's or is he talking... He's talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
Um, oh, yeah. classic um, Kevin. Classic Kevin. But um, yeah, like for me, Neve's fucking just chuckling to herself. It's just never not funny. <laughs> just, I do think about that first email that happened. And, like, just the wording was so. Sp- it was great. Anyway, leave Kevin alone. I... So we don't know that that's him, and it's probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Statistically, it might not be. Kev's a fun guy. I'm sure he is. The Kevster. Come on. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks. I think like at some point, and this is this is this is weird and personal. At some point in my adult life, I needed. I realized I needed to regularly fight people to maintain any kind of like emotional stability, and <laughs> I know, but it's like. There is something about just being locked in unarmed combat with another human that levels me out in a way that nothing else does. And it's been kind of devastating losing that and not being able to, like, just have that outlet again. I just want to fight all the time, and I cannot now, and it sucks. Um, So, like, I really feel you there, and, like, I think a lot of people have kind of lost things like that for themselves and i feel like the only thing you can do is accept that like we're not really at a place where that's possible right now and like for ireland specifically i think it's going to be still a long time before i can ever go back to that and so i've tried to me personally i've tried to like find other things to like fill that kind of void like i started writing music again i started doing like creative writing i work out like six days a week now because that's like the closest thing I can get and it's definitely like a stopgap because like I just I have to do that shit to feel like me and that's a a strange realization to have about yourself but it's kind of true what I'd say about like the promotion shit is like what he's talking about specifically with jujitsu is there's no like exams in jujitsu there's no grading it's just your trainer being like you're good enough now and you move up a belt um I get it's cool to move up belts and like you know I'm I'm like a three stripe white belt and it took me like a year and a half of training to get there. Um, I think I was pretty close to being a blue belt and the pandemic hit, but um, I also just don't really give a shit about the grade or the ranking. Like um, I was a black belt in Taekwondo and like it was really it was really hyped to like hit black belt, but like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's all it is is a mark of your progress. It's not your actual progress. And if people are getting like promoted ahead of you, like that happened to me in Taekwondo like all the time because like I'd have trouble with like remembering the patterns and some of the terminology and all this kind of stuff. And like I can remember like people who started after me got promoted um that we got like promoted pretty quickly and like became black belts pretty quickly i'd still kick the shit out of them so like i don't (laughs) like i didn't feel like i was falling behind or anything and like it's not something to get hung up on you know but um i would say if you can like just try and do the things that like connect you to your old training and for me it's like working out very very hard and like I'll play ring fit for an hour and I'll like destroy myself physically. But it's like, that's the sensation of, you know, rolling with people. Like that's what that felt like. And so I think it's just trying to like do what you can in the moment, but like, don't stress about it. And like, if you're not comfortable, I don't know specifically what the state is of COVID wherever you live, but if you're not comfortable going back, 
I really would not advise it because like um, for a while here it seemed like things were opening back up and I did actually go back to jujitsu for a couple of classes and in hindsight I think that was a mistake I don't think I should have done that um, and it felt great like it was awesome to be back but I think we at this point we just have to ride this out and yeah I hope that gets I hope that gets better for you buddy what about you guys um, there is no in-person kind of classes or kind of things that I do. I guess the big thing is just like cinema and live theatre. And I'm really sad about some of the theatre things in Dublin, like closing down due mm. to this and being like, oh, I didn't go to that enough or I didn't, you know, treasure that as a thing I could do easily enough. And now it's kind of gone kind of thing. But no, there is no kind of group sport. There, I... I don't beat people up outside of my day to day. Neve, you should learn to beat people up. I don't wanna. I don't wanna be hit. Okay. Yeah. What if we fought and you beat me? It would be like the Guilty Gear thing times a million. Oh, I'd watch that. I just don't want anyone. No. Neve, could you just? Can I? Can I watch and just? I'm not a hitter. You'd no kick him. I don't want to kick. Spit on him. No. God, I'd love to fight both of you so much. You can't fight me because I'm sore and I have I've got stitches. Okay, well I was going to tonight, but I'll I'll re I'll redirect you, myself. You can't beat up a sore boy. What about you, Brian? You missing anything specific? I miss going to people's houses and playing games. Yeah. yeah. I miss going to parties. Um, I miss the pub. I was never a big pub person, but I miss. Oh my god! I miss pints. casual gatherings. Yeah, like in a Jesus. pub. Like, I just want to go to a restaurant with friends. Yeah. Just something like that. I want to. I I I want to. All of us to get cocktails and we try each other's cocktails. But that's such a weird thing now because it's like, ooh. Remember, yeah, stuff mem- like that is so weird. We were all so gross before, like sharing drinks, like, even each other. like 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 passing like a, like a smoke to each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. blowing on birthday cakes, like so much indirect kissing <laughs> and direct. Yeah. Um. Uh. No. Um. It, it it definitely comes in waves where you get these moments of impatience and you get angry at the world. You get angry at yourself. You get jealous and you start comparing your situation to others, but I guarantee there's always going to be someone comparing themselves to you as well. So you feel self-conscious, but everyone feels self-conscious. Everybody has someone that they're comparing themselves to uh, in this situation. Um, And I know that because you're seeing versions of curated versions of people on social media where they're either, you know, having the worst time of their lives and they're talking about it or they're having the worst time of their lives and they're not talking about it and they're curating this um perfect version of themselves or this kind of version that they want to put out publicly um and that can be kind of distracting and it can be it, it can warp your perspective yes yeah. it's, it's a weird thing with covid because like you don't want to talk about it too much because no, everyone's a, going bummer. through this and it's a bummer and it sucks and like you know we talk about our situation in ireland and someone will be like well mine is so much worse here or like what yeah. could be like this here and it's like well you're not meant to relate to everything we say or even anything we say well like with that as well it's like Look, shit's bad all over. Like, yeah. I feel like the people should be able to express they're having a hard time without other people being like, well, I'm having an even harder time. It's yeah. true. Like, I, I, I think measuring misery is not helpful. Exactly, but it seems to be, like, what what happens a lot. So it kind of makes it makes me feel bad about talking about it as well. I think but that's, then... that, that's kind of an audience thing in that if you have enough people following you and you do, someone's going to say that. Yeah. It's like, just oh, fucking whatever. Like, like, I have sympathy for everyone. But I can't pretend I'm not miserable in yeah, some cases. And that's true. And it's just like it's like it's a weird time in Ireland right now and I like everyone's feeling it really bad. And I think it would like 
I think it's also shitty on a podcast for us not to engage with the realities of our life as people who live in Ireland to make this more of an international podcast kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. even though I'm so sick of hearing this and it's just like, oh, fuck, you know, like, this is what we talk about every day. Yep. This is who we are. Yeah. Yeah. We walk outside when we can and we we're faced with this really weird, distorted reality mm-hmm. that if you told us a year ago, because we're coming up in the anniversary, it was... St. Patrick's Day when we all when the country went into lockdown. I was at a wedding that weekend. Yeah, you were. And like I remember at the time just being like, This is the right idea and you could feel like a like a national sense of kind of we're all in this together. And there was Yeah, there there, now it's this weird conspiracy division. Jesus Christ, you're hearing the same vampire eating baby shit about or T E. Yeah. Um, there was a really messy protest over the weekend uh, that I saw footage of. Can and I it talk was about that very for a upsetting. Yeah, because yeah. like there was loads of footage of that on TikTok, and there was a guy specifically being like, "Okay, I'm going to show you the other side of this protest," and it was like all the media is going to show you is like people throwing like fireworks at the guards, like the guards getting bottled and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, here's what it's actually like. And he shows people like singing and like rapping and like dancing and them all having like a great time being like, this is what the media aren't going to show you. And in fairness, I get it. It only takes a couple of bad eggs to make like a protest look bad. The problem is that the thing you're protesting is so fucking stupid and so much worse than throwing fireworks at guards. It's like you fucking morons and oh my god, it just yeah. blows my blood. Yeah, and I, I I get their argument of like they're trying to keep us in and it's like no, yeah, they are, but it's 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 their bigger. fucking slogan of <laughs> they couldn't isolate the virus, so they isolated you. It's like get fucked and now we're coming up to paddy's day and like oh that's gonna be like that's gonna suck like there's gonna be so much debate so much conversation it's a shit time anyway none of us like it but now it's i i really don't like that national holiday yeah i hate it i really hate saint patrick's day it's to me saint patrick's day is like okay cool that's a day i'm not gonna go outside after yeah yeah like it's 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 a day for tourists it's not a day for locals um, and, and I kind of enjoyed last year's one just because we got to take ownership of it in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this year is going to be a point of contention. Yeah, it definitely is. So that's like, that's where we're at. That's our little Ireland update with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I, you know, I figure like when you're making entertainment, ultimately, if something's really in you, it's kind of got to make itself into the like art you make. And this shitty little podcast is our art. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. you know it, so. it didn't intend to be this way but you know th- things evolve I don't know what happened sometimes I think about when we started and where we are I don't know what happened it started because of E3 which oh uh, in the news yeah E3's not a thing yeah E3 2021 based on our, I can't I can't remember what we picked but uh, not happening not going ahead I, we I all said I yes that. that it was gonna I, I think it was the other day they said it but uh, we, we oh. all said yes that it was gonna happen in some form I, it, might, something might take its place as a as a Jeff Keighley showreel oh. who knows but you know E3's gone like it's dead dead if it's not happening okay. this year it's never happening mm, we'll see the yes or B rely on that a lot and so i think e3 can only disappear when the esrb disappear because that's like half their yearly revenue wow yeah okay we take one more quick one or we move on 
We take, we can one, take more. Another one. I'm first. one you want to do. I got one here. Okay. Uh, and these are questions. These okay. are quick questions. <laughs> it says here in brackets, requires immense speed. This is from Zach. And he's I think Zach has sent us a couple of quick times. I think he's pretty good at them. He is, he is. And I these, these stood out to me. Some quick cues for each of yous. Mm. Love it. Okay, John, uh, we'll do your tree first, okay? John, representative of the nameless one. Okay, number one, favorite wrestling move? Uh, One-Winged Angel slash Sharpshooter slash Undertaker's Tombstone Pine Driver slash Used to be Canadian Destroyer. Top rope Spanish fly is pretty good. V-Trigger. Okay. Uh, two, favorite obscure Shenmue store. You probably know them all. Well, what's your favorite Shenmue store? Mm, there's a martial arts shop in Shenmue 2 I really like because it has a picture of Sarah from Virtua Fighter on the wall. That's a good answer. Okay, and number three, favorite fighting game character for their aesthetic alone. I mean, he's really asking many questions there, so I'll just... Uh, off the top of my head, I, I, I can't pick one. I have to give a few. Um, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Sagat Sprite, uh, or Mika's yeah. Street Fighter Alpha 3 Sprite, Vanessa, King of Fighters Sprite. Um, oh, uh, Everyone from Tekken 4. Tekken 4 is just a very stylish-looking game. Uh, so much more. Everyone from Blaz Blue. I, I love Dizzy from Blue. What a fucking just, just stupid, amazing design. They uh, put out an Android for Dizzy, and it is so wide because it has to accommodate three characters. I think I need a Dizzy figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dizzy is so cool. Yeah, Dizzy's the best. Uh, Neve, can I go with you next? Yeah. Okay, Neve, the only real gamer on this podcast. It's true. It is true. There we go. Uh, Zach knows what's up. Okay, who's better, A2 versus 2B? A2. She's my favorite character. It's kind of like, do you just want to switch the wigs? Like, they're kind of just... Oh my god. Neve really likes the trauma that A2 has. No, I like that A2 got to I'm do everything on her terms joking. and she gets to leave on her terms. And she's all dirty. Yeah, she's Just like dirty. you, just r- running around in the mosque. And she's awake, man. She sees the truth. <laughs> 2B never gets to learn the truth of anything. Yeah. It's sad. Okay, most played game. Um, ooh, regrettably, it's probably either the original Guild Wars or uh, Destiny. Destiny 1 or Destiny 2? Destiny 1. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember you were very in for a long time on that mm-hmm. one. You were. Favorite banana in a video game? Ooh. Ooh. I love um, all bananas in video games. They're very fun. I really liked one that I found in Gears five recently because it's just in a locker room and there's nothing else no food or anything else and you just turn a corner and there's a bench and there's just a single banana on a bench in a locker room in the gears five world and it just felt like it was like this is there for the girl who documents bananas here's the bananas in gears five it was very important oh my god yeah like i bet bet it's pretty intense yeah it's a really like 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 like, it it, it must be cool to have that blur where you see the yellow and the shape and you're like what's that a banana like I walked it, it in is a banana when Rebecca was playing Kingdom Hearts 3 and I was like spin the camera around and she's like what and I was like I think there's a banana there <laughs> and there was a world and there was a plastic banana hanging up in that toy world and that I was counts. right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The banana excellent and then for me uh, Brian resident Kirby lies liaison lies on oh yeah I like telling lies okay uh, favorite baseball cap you own um, I only see uh, no I like my supreme baseball cap or I like my bape baseball cap the purple babe one? Yeah. I really like my purple babe one. One time it was real windy and it flew off into the wind, but then it got caught on a bicycle spoke. 
but the bike was parked so I was able to retrieve my baseball cap I paid stupid money for that cap I've had it for a very long time and I don't intend to lose it anytime soon I had a PS2 baseball hat before and I was walking over the Haypenny Bridge oh th- and that the, bridge is a death the trap the wind blew it off into the Liffey and I looked at it and it sank into the water and then an old lady go behind me just goes oh <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, favorite deal you've gotten on a game Oh. Okay, there's a Game Boy game. I think it's called... It has two different names depending on whether it's in America or Europe. It's called Stranded Kids or Survival Kids. And it's a top... Survival Kids is really good. uh, It kind of looks like Link's Awakening, but you play as a boy and a girl stranded on a desert island and you have to keep them alive. And it's sort of like a survival craft resources game, but it doesn't really have a lot of that because it's a Game Boy game and they can't really generate that much stuff. Except in that, n- never mind. Um, um, this game goes for like a hundred quid now, and I got it for um, like a fiver. A song. Yeah. Wow. Also, GameCube games. Uh, in the last year, all the super rare GameCube games have gone up between 150 and 200 euro. Nice. So like Chibi Robo, Fire Emblem, uh, uh, all of those GameCube games, they're all 200 euro now, and I paid under 100 for each of them. So they've they've doubled in value, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, based on that question where I was like, "Do are people still collecting? People are collecting like crazy during COVID. Uh-huh. I, the amount of stupid online shit I buy has gone so up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got like three like big anime figures and I think I'm gearing up for another. I bought a titty Nami figure to cheer myself up after my surgery. It was really cool. Yeah, like I showed it to Johnny. He was like, that's a really good idea, Brian. That's how I got my lunch figure. That's how I passed out at your party. Not through alcohol, I just fainted. You just had too much of a good time because I did my Joker impression. Just <laughs> fucking, just was that, was me and Brian were joking around and next thing I know, I'm on the ground staring up at everyone and my first thought was like, oh no, it's like eight hours later and I got really drunk. But two minute, two seconds have passed. Uh, yeah. And, but then the next day, me and Michelle went to town because she was really scared to let me fall asleep and I got a cool lunch figure. You got, yeah, she, she felt bad for you. So yep. you got a, an anime figure. That's what you do. Uh, and then my last question is cutest Bloodborne boss. I am going to go with hmm, Dark Beast Parl is very cute. I hate him. Uh, he's a cute fella. Rom's cute. Uh, I, I don't uh, think Rom's cute. Spiders are gross. Um, the dog werewolf boss at the start, the white one with the bandages around her face. Vicar Amelia. Yeah, Vicar Amelia. So cool. There we go. She's, um, she's such a good design. Yeah. I think she's more beautiful than cute. I think Dark Beast Parl, which is an optional boss, is super cute. Uh, Mergo's wet nurse. She's kind of cute. Mm. Orphanicos. Orphanicos is a cutie patootie. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's going to do it for our emails. So we move into our Patreon shoutouts. This is the shouting part of the podcast. Guys, I've been doing some thinking. Yeah. I am not subscribed to our Patreon. I am not. I do not contribute any money to the Let's Fight a Boss Patreon. And... I've been doing a lot of soul searching as to why that is. And if I'm really honest with myself, it's because I'm not good enough. Are you better than me? Well, now you can prove it, buddy. You can donate $3 to the Let's Fight a Boss Patreon. And you get, okay, not just access to the fabled 
black tapes what secrets lie in there or what, surnames what <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> what what mysterious gaming takes from a different world live there you will also get access to the let's fight a boss discord featuring such exotic locations as uncle anime's crap house Uncle Crapper's Anime Outhouse. Yes. Uncle Crapper's Anime Outhouse. There's also Brian's GameCube Corner. Brian's GameCube Corner. Which is not the retro game channel. Different it's, things. I think it is the retro game no, channel. No, I, I think we should do a retro game channel. I also think we should do a gardening channel. Okay. Sure. It's, uh, like, just, it's, it's, an, it's a world of perfect beauty that's getting bigger all the time. But most of all, what you get is the knowledge that you are a better person than me. I know I drop a lot of hot takes on this podcast. Did you guys hear how fucking unfair I was to Yakuza 7? Outrageous. You can show me. You can show me what a moron I am by proving that you are better than me by donating to the Let's Fight a Boss Patreon. Best $3 you'll yeah. ever spend. You will feel so superior. Maybe I said something in a video once you didn't like. Guess what, buddy? You got $3. Time to shut me up. Yeah, hit him with your wallet, hit him where it hurts. That's, yeah. Every time, like, Brian and Neve message me every time we get a new patron, and I'm always like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we got some shoutouts. <laughs> we got a section called Patreon Shoutouts, where we promise we'll do a catch-up at some point, but not this week because there was video game news. Yep. But if you leave us a message in 2019, it'll sound something like this. Uh, I'll take the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Gallo the Shroom. I'm no longer a Patreon because I got no pennies. Fair enough, buddy. You are still very welcome in the Discord. Yeah, don't see why not. And um, we got this next one from Mad. By training in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jam is increasing his Vortal power. Oh God, please don't ban me. What? I don't know what a Vortal is. John, is it it's... like a muscle? No. Like a, a like an abdominal muscle? So your Vorto power... you do power... have to use a lot of your core. So you know what four fetish is? No. So, you know, to eat someone and to have them within you. Why would someone want that? So your Vortel is when you open up your mouth and it's a portal, but it's only one way in and <laughs> Man, there ain't no way fuck, out. Fuck the internet. I'm so sick of just this shit. I don't want this anymore. Uh, John, you do. This is from Chloe Mudcrab Cade. God is dead and we have elfabbed him. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Tough titty. Tough titty. <laughs> Tough titty, God. It's the last words you heard. Um, the Let's Fight a Boss Tournament of the Nameless will begin properly next episode. I'm sleepy and tired. We forgot. I did not forget. I forgot. Um, what's our move into our loot drop? It's the loot drop. Which means that a lot of you are going to be getting a kind of disappointing, sinking feeling that this wonderful episode is coming to a close. Brian, how long is this thing? This episode, in its raw form, has just gone over three hours. It's just gone over three hours, okay? Guys, you can't be sad about that. Yeah. We've had a wonderful time. Don't, don't, don't mourn for what is lost. 
be delighted in what was. And like, I I know we missed last week because I was sick, and that was Brian's delete. fault. And me and Neve did get really fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah, like I I think it's okay to get upset at someone if they're in hospital. Yeah. Like, how dare they? It's mm-hmm. like I think I said the words, Brian. Your medical conditions have have bespecked this podcast for the last time. He kicked me in the stitches. Yeah. <laughs> and then Neve laughed. I did. Yeah, it's true. Um, but anyway, look this week. To make up for it, you get a three-hour episode by accident. So, yep. you know, it all worked out. Yep. Um, I'm, I've got my loot drop here. And I am going to loot drop Atrocity Guides video on Breatharians. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, this is such a good video. It's fantastic. Um, she, she also did another video recently about a man studying dolphins. Oh, yes. Again. Her ability to say the wildest shit that she has to say if she's going to cover this in like a journalistically reasonable way and not crack at all is incredible to me like there's one bit where she's ba- where she, she shouldn't say this but it's, she has to basically say like and then they started fucking the dolphins and she said it in her just monotone atrocity guide voice and it's the funniest fucking thing she's great like her videos are so well researched and she's just awesome um my one is this is kind of a light recommendation because i'm not finished it but i've been listening to short creek it's a podcast about like like fundamentalist polygamist mormons in the utah arizona border and more than anything when i listen to this i think about what podcasts have become because this is two hosts who have been researching this for like three years and one of them lived there for three months among the community to report as accurately as possible. And it's just one of these things where I listen to it and I'm like, it's crazy what podcasts are and that they can like fund this kind of level of like journalism. I don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of a, a very all over the place. Um, they very much want to get the perspective of everyone there kind of thing. So it doesn't really have a a run through narrative right now and it's riddled with ads i'm listening to it on spotify and this was a stitcher original thing and it is full of fucking ads but um it is interesting passive podcast entertainment that more has me thinking about the nature of how podcasts are funded and what they cover <laughs> than anything else podcasts have gotten real ambitious so this is short creek and it's on everywhere you can listen to a podcast on Okay. Uh, I have a YouTuber called Brandon James Greer. I thought it was Green. Greer. He's a pixel artist and uh, he does pixel art tutorials, but then he also kind of does videos where he proposes himself a challenge and he kind of goes about his process of how he does a sprite. And so this one is called Same Sprite Remade Every Year. And the character he picks is Luke Skywalker, which is very iconic character. And this year's video for the, for the end of 2020 he does luke skywalker in the style of a neo geo pocket fighting game oh cool which has a very distinct style and color palette and so he goes about and he explains what makes neo geo pocket fighting game characters uh look the way they look and what parts of the body are exaggerated what parts are simplified what color palettes they use and then he kind of gives examples of nice sprite color palettes and then um he does cool luke skywalker and rtd2 and does a nice little idle animation and startup animation where the lightsaber pops out of r2 and luke grabs it that's cool Uh, and i i really really like this guy's channel um he's just really good at pointing out little details in squares 
That's all I got. That's all we got. That's the end of the episode. Oh. A little, little bit wild, I think. A little bit wild. It got kind of sexual in the middle. I'm when? not sure I remember <laughs> quite that bit. I, I wouldn't know what sex is. Haven't found out yet. Don't don't know what sex is. Brian's an innocent boy. Yeah, never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, John? Nothing, nothing. Just sometimes, sometimes the alleys we go down leaves me with just mystery. The only alleys I walk down are uh, caked with gumdrops and innocence. I don't know. Neve, play the music. Play the music. We're leaving. We had a great time. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope like you're still doing what you're doing. And ooh, yeah, I'm not saving this. Um, you were. And no, then, you were. And then you got self-referential, and well, now it's on I was fire just, like, again. I was just like, hope you're not dead. And then I was just like, that's too dark to say. We but all need. Who's actually dead won't be able to take offense. I know, but I second guess myself, John, and that's where you just look, always look, fall. Look. Keep being kind to yourself. Exactly. Eat a Twix. Neve, that's, that's advertising. <laughs> Sorry. Eat a brand of chocolate that you support emotionally. Are, are we still recording? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. What a just absolute shit show. Like, we, we, we crashed the plane. We fell into, like, a lake of alligators. And the alligators started beating the shit out of us with our weird alligator hands. And so not only does it hurt, but it's kind of humiliating, you know? Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Oh, Jesus, Neve. They're great. <laughs> no, that's cereal. Goodbye, everyone. I'm sorry that we ruined a good episode.